People, welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. Sometimes we're deep, deep, deep into the film. Other times it's just a conversation, and that's uh, that's the beauty of this podcast and uh, one of my favorite things about it. And joining me today, the man, the myth, the legend, he's on a vacation all the time, especially with this background, folks, that you cannot see. This man is ready to relax and enjoy life. Mr. Reagan Forston, how are you, sir? How is life? I'm fine. Life is life is great. Life is great. As everyone, you know, we're we're still in the land of uh, of COVID. Is everybody uh, healthy and safe and all that jazz? Yeah, uh, it's getting. You can tell it's getting closer though, because yeah. uh, for the first time we've had uh, a few people in our outlying circle that have known someone that has it. You know, so before we were, I live in Marin County here by San Francisco It's kind of a bubble here where uh, we've had very few cases. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them have been in San Quentin and <laughs> they've had 24 people. I played golf the other day with a, a guy that works at uh, San Quentin and he said they haven't even kind of um, told all of the deaths that there are, but he said there's about 24 of, and most of them have been from people on death row. So you have to figure how the heck, it must be the guards or somebody bring it in by, accident or something you know so yeah that's a uh, you know it's, it's interesting that that's and then you know you're in such a confined space too once it takes off in there it's going to take off in there it's not like they can <laughs> go socially distance you know that's yeah like that. that's yeah you wonder hey you uh, have conspiracy theorists thinking they're trying to clean out the death row since nobody's been you know executed in i don't know what 20 years or something yeah, right. I mean, listen, there's gonna there's fuel for conspiracy theorists for days, right? I mean, listen, if we've got- Oh gosh, there's so many going around. Oh, there's so many, and there's gonna be so many more. I mean, this is gonna, you know, it's gonna make 9-11 look like, uh, look like a, a, a mini series on ABC compared to what they're, they're pulling out these days. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. You picked the movie, the 2004 hit movie Crash. Tell us, why is this movie important to you? Like, why do you like this movie so much? What resonates with you with this movie? Well, when you asked me what my 10 favorite movies are, I went back to um, look at who, you know, who was the Academy Awards went to or, and voted for like the last 20 years to refresh my memory on some of the movies I'd seen. <clears throat> See, I'm over 70 now, so I don't know if I'm just getting old or what, trying to remember things. But uh, when I saw that, I remembered that really moved me at the time because it's kind of like, and it's really, um, 
it's really apropos for what's going on right now in the country. And that's um, uh, us all trying to see that we're all equal, no matter what our color, skin, race, or religion, or whatever it is. And that was a movie that, that to me, um, shined on that issue that we have, like that underlying uh, prejudice that most of us have that we don't even know we have, you know. And, uh, and it was all those people having to come to terms with that prejudice that they have and really to see that, that everybody, that, that everybody's equal, you know, mm -hmm. so that, that moved me a lot at that time back then. So now more than ever, we're, we're being shown that again, that that's, that's what we kind of have. And we got to, you know, do something about it if we're going to evolve, you know, uh, as a human race and spiritually, um, you know, Absolutely. Well, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and let's hit play, please. And then as we get through the uh, you know, as they do the quick uh, beginning rundown on this film, tell people a little bit about yourself and also uh, the best channels or best ways they can engage with you, whether it's your website and then please give the URL. If it's social media, what's your the one that you're on the most, whatever that may be. Okay. Give us a little background on you, please. Okay, well, um, it's really pretty simple. I, I figure I have the most interesting job in the world right now. Um, I love it. And it's just, um, I, I don't know how, how much to say, but a little background. I've been a hypnotherapist now for about 12 years. I was a comedian for 30 years before that, uh, traveling around the country. Uh, actually, in my earlier career, I was a professional clown, did about 4,000 kids' birthday parties and was an ambassador from America to uh, uh, the world where we were trying to start an international clown community. But right, that I'm, kind of, I'm putting a pin in that, clown ambassador. Got it, pin, check, yeah. ready, keep going. Yeah, we did a big thing over in Europe and we had people from about 14 countries that we had that started that. That was through the University of Wisconsin because I had taught there a couple of summers where they have a, a summer program for people that want to have do clowning as a profession. And they had clowns from all over the world that would come there and teach all the skills they would need to to uh, you know, to to do that, but I morphed into being a corporate comedian from that because I was a ventriloquist, and I uh, I started doing these corporate shows where they would have me roast the people in the company and make you know kind of make fun of what they do and the and their product and so forth and I kind of be a little niche or niche however you want to say it for a lot of years to how I raised my five kids, and uh, I'd be uh, some of the biggest companies in America I did and did a lot of Vegas work. Um, worked for um, the Venetian about, I did about 23 shows for them and Bellagio would have me come and do a show for high rollers and, and uh, different things. So um, anyway, when the, when the crash happened in 2008, um, instead of uh, getting like $5,000 for a comedy show, I was lucky to get 500 because the companies that didn't want to, you know, they, they stopped doing entertainment because uh, of the way the market was. So um, um, as you'll see in the work that I'm doing now, I had kind of a, a, a God sighting that happened where I had a chance to go to hypnotherapy school, uh, thinking I'd go there and learn to be a stage hypnotist because I could still um, book myself, you know, in a local club or something every week because you have new people every week and uh, you could keep doing the same show, the same basic template, but with different people. And some, some hypnotists would be work for years in clubs, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when I when I got there and saw how the mind worked and how how easily the mind can be changed or altered, just like software, um, I started thinking, you know what? I want to help people rather than make them quack like ducks. 
you know. So uh, that was just kind of a God thing to happen. So anyway, a few people would ask me to do past life regression. And uh, I'd been a believer in it myself. Uh, it had had an experience that uh, happened in, in my book that you'll see on the side over here, that three hours, 33 minutes in heaven. It's all about my journey to where, what I'm doing now. But I'd had a, a, something happen that I just, you know, I just knew I, that this was me in a past life. And so I was kind of a believer, but um, I just did a few of those. And then um, I got sick, uh, almost died. I was in the hospital for a month in Hawaii. Uh, they thought I had um, stage four lung cancer, even though I never smoked <laughs> or anything. Wow. But it ended up being, it ended up being something called um, uh, valley fever that you can only get in certain parts of California, like in the farming community areas or parts of little parts of Mexico, little parts of Arizona. And it's a spore that hides in the dirt. And when it dries out and then the wind comes up and it blows, the spore just goes all over the air. So if you're driving through even on the freeway and you breathe in a little spore of this, it gets in and tries to kill you, you know, messes up your lungs. So while I was in the hospital, I had to do a lot of, uh, you know, cause I didn't know if I was gonna die or what, you know. And uh, all of a sudden I remembered reading Michael Newton's books uh, for some reason in the nineties. And these were books about this man had discovered a way that people in a deep state of hypnosis could easily go to a past life. And then when they see themselves pass away, uh, one of his clients said, well, I'm going to go home now. And Michael said, what do you mean go home? He says, well, I'm going to go home. And then Michael Newton says, well, take me there. And all of a sudden, this person, there's a guide that shows up and they go to heaven. And Michael Newton thought, this is pretty weird. So he proceeded to do that with 7,000 people over the years and started doing research on what happens when you die, uh, where you go, what you do while you're there, and, and then how do you decide, to, and what's the process of deciding to come back and be born again? Um, he was getting older. Um, as he began to get older, he realized that he needed to pass this on to someone. So he started the Newton Institute, started training people like me to carry on his work when he was gonna pass away. So now we have 250 of us scattered in 30 countries. I think we do like seven, eight different languages we do this in now, um, where people that want to um, go to heaven and spend a few hours, <laughs> get answers to their question. There's all kinds of things we've discovered over there that happens when you're there. Uh, and then um, come back. So we're continuing the research. So we don't support any particular religious belief or anything. We're researchers. And we're just saying this phenomena is, seems to be real is now we've had over 50,000 people have this experience. And I had it myself about three years ago. So I know it's real. Um, and um, in, in the book that I wrote about that, the three hours, 30 minutes in heaven, I, I go through the 12 things that I found out about myself that had kind of changed my life when I came back. So I became a, a life between life therapist about three years ago. Well, two years ago, I had to go through a year of training. Uh, uh, and the, the process is very rather simple about my, my success rate is about 84%. In other words, somebody comes to me and they say, I want to, I want to experience the afterlife. And um, this process is so fine tuned. Um, to explain it easily, so people can understand is that people are in this state where this is possible two times a day just as you're waking up and just as you fall asleep there's a certain moment where where everything is right to where if you happen to have a facilitator next to you uh, you can take this journey so we use hypnosis to get there so we don't have to wait till it's time for them to go to bed so we uh, 
<clears throat> we just get them very, very, very calm. Uh, you know, that's all hypnosis is, is just getting relaxed and calm. And when they get to this part where they, they just about fall asleep, uh, we keep them there so they don't fall asleep. And then um, uh, we just, you know, there's oh five or six different ways they can go to a past life. Um, the easiest way that's simple for most people is I just have them imagine floating up to a cloud, feel the you know, cloud enveloping in them, feeling the cloud taking them back in time. I have them come off the cloud. And then when they reach the ground, I just start asking questions. I say, well, you know, is it daytime, nighttime or whatever? And from there kind of opens up and they find themselves in a past life. So um, it blows me away how easy it is. Some people, I've had some people that can get to that spot in a matter of a minute or two. Other people, it takes me like, oh, half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour for the hardest people to get to that state. But about everybody can do it seems to be something natural within us. So, when you know, you, once, yeah, go ahead. You know, you're talking about past lives and um, it's funny, I, uh, I hear things from like guys like uh, Graham Hancock who talk about you know, uh, older civilizations that were actually achieved, that actually achieved quite a bit. And then uh, obviously some cataclysmic events on earth happened is, is, is his research and study, right? And then, Kind of brought us back down to the baseline, and then we build ourselves back up, and it's happened. Uh, Graham would say uh, multiple times, and I wonder um, when you're looking at past lives, is it is it past lives in the um, in the essence of let's say this latest go around on planet Earth, or is it past lives uh, in the fact that maybe perhaps seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty thousand years ago there was an advanced civilization here? right in a meteor yeah. that, you know took things out how do how does how do you align with or where do you separate from those thoughts or ideologies if that makes sense well um of the people that i've had um i've had you know people <laughs> okay to show you where people can go in our research is a lot of times people have incarnated on earth one of the questions we ask in research when they're in the state uh, we'll say, how many times have you reincarnated? And I've gotten everything from six to several thousand. You know, it seems wow. to be different for everybody. Um, and then I'll ask them too, we're also doing research now because this is coming up a lot, is I'll ask them, have you ever incarnated on another planet or in another dimension? And about half of my clients just instantly say yes. And I'll say, I want you to take me there to a life. And then and they'll, you know, they'll go to this place where they're, there's some, you know, when they're looking at it from their human, their human eyes, then they're describing what they look like, then um, it's, it's pretty strange. It's like alien type of, you know, sometimes had this one couple that was an aquatic, they said it was just the most beautiful life of what's kind of a soulmate. And they were in some, some creatures that had beautiful flowers and stuff, but they spent a lot of time in the water, you know. Um, one uh, doctor that I had in, in LA recently, he found himself on a spaceship, uh, and I had him take me back to his planet, you know, regress him to his planet there. And um, he was saying, you know, he lived in a planet where they had 50 years of light and 50 years of dark. And because of that, some of the resources they needed would, were depleted because of the dark. So they had to go to other planets to uh, get some of those resources to bring back to the planet. So when he came out of that, he just, he says, Regan, that was so freaking weird. I said, when you asked me that, I could see myself there. 
I, I could see my co-pilot when I was on the ship. I could see the planet. I, he says, I, it said I could have made this crap up, you know. Um, but uh, what we're finding in the research is because people need to realize that when we're in our natural state, we're energy. And um, that's proven by when I take, you know, this catches people really unexpected because all of a sudden when they go to this past life and then, and, uh, and then they do the extra step to go to heaven, all of a sudden they're seeing, they're seeing energies. But when they're in that state, and I like if they're, there's a, a well, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but um, we're talking, I'll, I'll explain that in a bit. Let me go back to the past lives because that's the entryway to the, uh, to, to the other way. But uh, people, um, I find themselves, um, what surprises a lot of people is, especially a lot of women that I have, it seems like at least half of the women I have find themselves in male bodies. And <laughs> I had one a few months ago. Um, and she's just very beautiful. Oh my gosh, just a beautiful human being in and out. And all of a sudden she's in this past life. And I said, okay, I want you to put out your hands in front and tell me what your skin color is. And she said, white. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh my God. She goes, I'm a dude. <laughs> it just shocked her. because they're, See, when people go through this, they're, it's like you have a split screen like we have right now. It's like I'm, I'm here right now looking at myself here, but I'm also where you're at, you know, it's like, you're like, uh, like a split screen on TV where you're, you're experiencing this past life. And I'm asking you questions and you're seeing and feeling and describing everything. And at the same time, your conscious mind knows that you're laying down that I'm sitting next to you and that you're going through the process. So the mind kind of ping pongs back and forth. I've had a few people that was so easy for him. One lady just two weeks ago, when I was in Los Angeles seeing clients, because I go all over the place. Um, uh, she went so easy to one life. We ended up, that was so good. We took, I took her to another life. And then she just, she just comes right out, out of hypnosis. And she goes, I think I'm just making this stuff up. He says, I just, how could this be so easy? I'm just making this stuff up. And I couldn't get her calmed down again enough to get her back to that state. So I made another appointment with her. When I go back down, make my next run down there, uh, we're going to do it again and get her to that state where she can actually really yeah you're in a past life and and then have her go from there to the where you go between lives um well question for you on this because i think this is the hard part that people you know whether it's television and movies or it's, it's bad actors in your in your um in your profession i think the hardest part for people to wrap their heads around is is that every time you talk about a past life regression right especially some you know a and e special or whatever it is every person every asshole on tv that's gotten this done always comes back as a goes like i was a king i was a queen and i was like hey there's got to be some people out there that are just like shit i was a shoe salesman like nine times <laughs> I just, and, well i'll tell you well, so I 99 i would say 95 percent of the time we call the lives that they find themselves we call them digging potatoes lives you know, they're just farmers that are just, you know, they're just have ordinary lives working in a, you know, working in a printing, uh, like one of my clients uh, was working in a, uh, a place where they did printing and was able to describe the early machines that they had when they were first doing the printing press and that. And actually she was having an affair with, as it turned out later, another guy was in the office when it turned out later on, she was having an affair in a hotel with them. <laughs> and, uh, which was very interesting, but she was in a, her marriage was, uh, 
the husband, if I remember correctly, the husband she was married to, it was just a loveless marriage, uh, just a marriage of convenience. It, it's as so many marriages are, as you find out. And um, this other guy was uh, that she was falling in love with was more of a soulmate for her, for someone that was, a, you know, a better thing. But that even when she came out of it, she goes, oh, my God, I would never do something like that. And I said, well, that that was just you in another lifetime. You know, people have to, I have to prepare them that we weren't always really nice uh you know, nice people, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and in the past life, in my book, I explained that I, and I cried my eyes out. It was hard for me to see what I did in a past life. Um, but, and I was aware of being there and I was, you know, I was on this, um, this white horse, I could feel it beneath there. And I was going up and down this row and I was, um, I was uh, crucifying people. You know, I was in charge of like, you know, putting people on crosses and stuff. And so when my human self that's realizing I'm going through this sees all that, I started bawling my eyes out because I'm thinking, you know, God, you know, how could I have ever done something like that? You know, well, my facilitator took me to the end of my life then. And, and when I was on my deathbed, it was like, you know, fuck Caesar, you know, <laughs> that's what I was saying. It's like, you know, I, and I, and I realized that in the, when I, when the facilitator had me see my, um, see my body when it, when I passed away, my daughter was there comforting me. She was the only one there with me um, and asked me what I learned in that lifetime. What was my lesson? And the lesson that I said to learn was to not, not blindly follow somebody else's and do somebody else's will when I know inside that it's wrong. And I vowed never to do that again. So in this lifetime, I'm wondering why I, I kind of have this thing about people, authority telling me what to do, you know? It's like, I want to, I don't want someone just telling me what to do. You know, I, I have to think through it first and decide, do I want to do that? You know, instead of blindly just following, following along. So, um, and I've had, I've had some pretty dramatic deaths. Uh, I've never had anybody yet that's been like a king, a queen, or, or somebody famous, you know, that, that we would know from history. But um, I have had one man, he was a, uh, an accountant for a pharaoh. And, um, he, uh, he had seven concubines, <laughs> seven women that he had. And one of them, he, he, was, he got really emotional when he talked about being with this one particular one. And I said, does that, does that energy of this person here remind you of anybody in your life as, I'll, this, I'll make up a name, as Doug. And he goes, oh my God, that's so-and-so. Because he could recognize that this is, this is somebody that he had been with before. But what's funny was in this lifetime here, um, this man is, um, um, he likes, he, 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 he likes to go to swingers clubs, but he's married, he got married to someone who's not into that. And, and he, he, uh, is very disappointed at that because he just feels like, you know, it's just not in him to be monogamous, although he had been that way with her. But, um, anyway, later on, when he goes to the life between live, we asked, the council gets to go, I'm ahead of myself again, but when you go to Life Between Lives, there's a council most people get to go before. And we asked the council what the deal with that was. And they said, well, you've made a commitment to be in this marriage. You need to stay true to that. And they said, you just have to live off your, the memories you have of your, now that you have of your past life. And, you know, and that's all they said to them, you know. So um, anyway, uh, when it was time, there's a place of recreation over there. And I took them to there and, um, all of a sudden he's going, woo, 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 woo. and I go, what's going on? And he was mingling with all these other energies. And he said it was better than sex. You know, I mean, it was uh, just the, the energies and, and mingling. It was, 
the only thing he could say in earth terms here for this lifetime is that it was like the feeling of, uh, you know, like better than an orgasm or something, you know. Wow. Um, so I know, hey, is there sex in heaven? I, there's something similar probably. So, but it's different, you know, because you don't have the, you're not, it's so different when you get out of the body, you know. Um, and that's what we can go into as we, we talk later, because the big, where the big thing is here, well, first of all, the Newton Institute, we feel that we have proven that there's reincarnation. Okay, I mean, if you have 50,000 people go through this process and they all have the similar experience, they all go easy to a past life. Um, and, you know, something, there's a phenomena to say the least of something here, uh, but especially when they see something that reminds them of a theme that may be going through their current life, you know, like they all of a sudden some people have problems in this life when they're back there and they're in that state and they go, oh my God, that's why I'm the way that I am. You know, some people that have had fears or phobias, like um, um, this isn't my case, but this is a classic case that we uh, have a past life regression. A woman came into a therapist. She had a, a phobia of water. She couldn't even go a shower she could handle, but she couldn't go even near a bathtub or a swimming pool or anything without having panic attacks. So in a past life regression, all of a sudden she found herself in a in like a Model T or something when they first came out with cars and her boyfriend wanted to celebrate him getting the car. So they went by this lake and they started necking. And when they were doing that, she hit the, the emergency brake went off and they started rolling down into the water. And the, the boyfriend says, don't worry, we'll just roll up the windows. So anyway, they, you know, they died. Well, when she came back from that, her, her phobia was just gone. You know, when the therapist checked with her a few months later, she didn't have a phobia of water anymore. It's like somehow just realizing where that happened somehow releases you from, from that fear of phobia, you know? So, um, and we've had, this is getting get into really weird stuff too. I'm, I'm working on my certification through the quantum healing hypnosis technique, which is Dolores Cannon's school. And she was doing the same thing Michael Newton was doing unbeknownst to each other back about 40 years ago. She was doing studies on reincarnation too. And they found out later when they compared notes, they were both having the same thing happen, which was just more proof that this is a real thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, Dolores has had cases even where she had a client that had a big scar right along her neck right here. When she went back to a past life, the woman found out she was hung in, in the life she had just before this one. And when she saw her on another, uh, a few months later, that scar completely disappeared. It was there since birth. Now that's pretty, pretty wow. interesting stuff. So isn't you, that something? You get to see. I mean, it, it's interesting, right? Because you can see the highs and lows and the power of the mind and the influence of the mind over the, over the human body. I'm going to tie this into the movie real quick. You know, we just saw the pullover scene. Uh, you know, where, where the African American couple gets pulled over and they're harassed by the police. And you know, we we keep living it seems, especially most recently, right, with the advent of social media and cameras, we, we were living yeah. multiple times over and over again, um, racism and, you know, to your point about authority and, and, and where things sit and don't sit because so many in the past and even present have abused authority in some capacity. And I wonder, in the world we're living in, as silly as this question may sound to some, the reality is, is that what can we learn from what you do professionally that can help us today? 
Um, actually, a lot, because when people realize that they go to a past life and all of a sudden they see themselves as that they were black in another lifetime, maybe they're white in this lifetime and they experience they were, you know, um, it seems that souls go through on the different incarnations, they, they're, they're different sexes, either they're female in one or, or male in another. Uh, in some cases, they're, uh, they're black or they're brown or yellow or, you know, it, it's so you, you kind of see that, you know what, when you when we our soul leaves our body, out, we're out of this skin right here. We're just we're energy and over on the other side, everybody is just pure energy. There's no there's no well, <laughs> there are different colored energies. <laughs> but over there, uh, usually we've done a study on that, too, because when I part of the thing we ask people when they see these different energies, like let's say someone's having a conversation with someone who passed on over there. Like I had I, I uh, my I, when I was there, I saw my dad, my mother and my brother who had passed on, although I saw them in. I mostly recognize them in bodily form, like they appeared to me of how I knew them in this life. Although my brother was quite a bit older. He died when he was 21, but he was older than that when I saw him. Um, and um, uh, so once you realize that in our essence, we're all the same, that we just come down for different experience uh, to either be a black person for what we need to learn or brown or yellow or whatever we wanna be. We're doing that to learn um, uh, to be more loving, kind, compassionate, just like everything Jesus mentioned in the Bible about what love is. Uh, that's what this whole thing is about. Um, and so um, once you kind of see that, you come back, you kind of look at everybody the same. You know, you kind of look at everybody as soul, like you're, when, when I see a person, I see them as a soul, you know, having an experience rather than a particular color of body or anything. Sure. So I think if we all saw that, we would stop we would stop doing this crap, you know, stop being prejudiced because that's just a sign of a lower consciousness, you know, not realizing that we're, we're all, we're all been made by God and we're all equal, you know. Do you think, you know, when, when you're, um, you know, that there's this, this just popped into my head. So I'm kind of forming this question a little bit. So I apologize. It might be a little long, but, um, you know, they, they, they've done studies on, on certain types of jobs, right? If there are jobs that just don't get completed, postal worker is a prime example, right? You take the mail out, you go deliver it, you come back, there's more mail waiting. Like your job's never completed. There's never a day where you come back and there's no mail, right? And I wonder in the world of, of past lives and in the world of reincarnation and coming back, how how do we stay motivated to do better the next time versus just kind of giving up because, hey, we've got another chance at this? Yeah, um, well, okay, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here. Please. When someone goes to a past life, what we do is we, I have them look down to see their funeral, to see who's there, whatever. And then I'll ask them, okay, are you ready to go home? And sometimes they'll say, no, I need to stay around for a while because my wife, my husband, my daughter, whatever, is so emotionally messed up that I need to stay with them for a little while. Um, which really proves what a lot, of, you know, I run into people all my life that it, when they've had someone die and will be somewhere and they'll say, oh, I feel my father here. Or, or you know, I had a dream last night and my dad was in it and I just know he's okay. Well, that's just more proof that on the other side, yeah, they're trying to hang around for a while to make sure that everybody's okay. So once they're done there, then I say, I'll say, okay, go and do that and tell me when you're done. 
And then a few minutes later, they'll say, okay, I'm done. And I'll say, you ready to go home? And they go, yeah. So then I have them turn around and there's usually a guide, an angel, someone that passed on, like a loved one that's there. Um, and then we start communicating with that guide or some people. See, it, seem, it seems to me in the research we're doing that that guide that meets them or that, that, that loving entity that's there to take them to heaven, it appears to them in a way that they're comfortable with. Like I've had, you know, Christians that have done this and they'll see like an angel, okay? Mm -hmm. Other people just see someone in human form, like you and I are looking, you know. Um, some people just see energy and they just know, like sometimes they see energy and they'll go, oh, that's my guide. And I said, well, how do you know? I said, well, I just know. Because somehow when they're in that state, their energy, they recognize energies, you know, where their conscious mind is going, gosh, I'm just, how do I know that's, how do I know on the, when I'm experiencing that, how did I know that's my guide? Well, <clears throat> then we'll ask that energy or whoever shows up, we'll say, what, you know, we want to communicate with you. Can, can you give us a name so we can communicate? And they have a sense of humor, like you wouldn't believe over there. I had one last week and in the, in the, the, uh, the guide says, well, just call me Bob. <laughs> you know, you're expecting some big old, but, but a lot of times their mind was uh, Rebazar, which is a very unusual name. Rebazar, he was my guide when I did my journey over there. Um, so uh, then we say, well, um, you know, explain what we're doing. And they already know, you know, that I've got this person in hypnosis and whatever. And we want to know if they can um, either, uh, you know, uh, go. First thing I ask is, can they go to a place of rejuvenation? Because sometimes, uh, uh, and here's where it gets really interesting, and, and it's hard for me to follow even sometimes, because when they're at this state, I have the, let's say the person's name is Mark, who's on the couch that I have hypnotized, but in a past life, he was a woman named Sophie, okay? So Sophie just passed away, and now Sophie's seeing this guardian, this angel, but yet, but yet Mark is going to, is, you know, is, is uh, who's in this lifetime with Sophie in that lifetime. So, so you, in a sense, you have two personalities. You have Sophie there with the guide, and then Mark is realizing that that's him in another lifetime. So then I'll ask, the, in, let's say Sophie died of a, a, an awful death or something, and um, we'll ask the guide, we'll say, well, can, can Sophie and Mark go to a place of rejuvenation? And every, every single time except once, they said, sure. Instantly, they're there. And then there's like three or four different places that all of a sudden my client finds themselves in a in a place with a beautiful waterfall or I had one that was interesting she was in a desert laying in the sand and she goes oh this is uncomfortable and I and she I said well ask your guide what's going on and he said the sand she was in was leaching all of the impurities uh, from her body and so um, uh, she's sat there and then she goes oh this is so cool so um, uh, anyway, then I said, well, tell me when you're done. Some people uh, in, are in this place. Oh, the, the one that I remember the most that had the most impact on me as a therapist was there was a young man that came to me because he was having about 26 seizures a day. Can you imagine like right now I'm talking to you and all of a sudden I pass out right in front of you. Oh. And then a few minutes later I come to, well, he, he, this young man, I just love this young man. He's just, he's just, he just walks in and you just go, there's something special about him, you know? Anyway, um, he, he couldn't have a job, couldn't have a relationship, can't drive, he can't do anything because he's just, he just never knows when he's gonna have a seizure. They, they checked him out uh, through the doctors. They said, there's nothing wrong with him. 
So he went to a psychiatrist and he said, well, maybe it's something that's psychosomatic or maybe something happened as a child that's causing this. And this guy knew of the work I did. So he sent him to me because he said, well, you know, maybe it came from a past life. So, and um, he went to his past life, which was very interesting, which we might get around to talk about anyway. He's in heaven now. We asked if he could go to a place of rejuvenation and his guide, I forget his name, said, sure. All of a sudden, he's in the presence of this giant tree. He says, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It was a giant tree. And it had all of these energies just coming out of the tree. All the, And I had him describe it. He said, oh my God, it's like the colors of the rainbow. And the guy told him to put his back up against the tree. So he sat there with all of these energies going through. So I said, um, I said, okay, are you, uh, are you, after a few minutes, I said, are you ready to leave? And he goes, no, man, no, I want to stay here. It was so cool. And I said, okay, tell me when you're done. So about, it might've been 10, 15 minutes later, because I'm just sitting there just making notes and being quiet while he's having an experience. And he says, okay, I'm ready to go on. Well, that experience had such an impact on him that for days he was drawing pictures of trees and he said, I'm not an artist or anything, but finally he sends me when he takes a picture up and he got, he went, even went and got a bunch of uh, crayons and colors and things. And he drew it the best he could. And he says, Regan, this is, this is not like what I saw, but kind of like it, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit. Well, anyway, he went from having 26 seizures to three a day. So, you know, I, uh, wow. I, I, I want to see him again because I want to see if we could get rid of those other three, because then maybe he can have the, uh, and that's what the quantum healing hypnosis technique is, which is, is very similar to what I'm doing, but they really concentrate on physical healing, you know, as well as spiritual healing. So that's what I'm learning to do now. So anyway, uh, I can't wait to see him to come back again and use kind of combine both techniques, see if we can get him even more healed. So um, yeah, it's it, the, from there, we'll ask the, uh, we'll, we'll say the guy and we say, well, to the guide would say his name, the guy's Bob. <laughs> we'll say, hey, Bob. <laughs> that just cracked me up when he did that the other day. He'll say, um, we know from the studies we've done or from the research we've done that, that uh, it's possible for people to go before a council to get some questions answered about their current life. And would that be possible? And instantly they're there. And I asked my client, he says, well, describe what you see. And it's, it's all very similar. You know, there's a, a council there of three, to, to eight, maybe 10 people in a council that like at a table or some sort of meeting and they're like standing like in the middle. Their guide is usually off to the right, I believe, usually seems to be the protocol. And then um, I keep them focused because they've written down a list of questions before I hypnotize them. Like in other words, that's the homework I give them before they have the process. Like, what do you want to ask about your current life? Uh, and so we let the person he was in the past life go on about their whatever they did at that time but now we now we get current with the current life because that's what most people want to know why was I born what was my mission you know why did I come down like why did I decide to be Jason you know what what did what did I what did I want to learn in this lifetime what did I want to teach what I do what am I doing so um, people always and all the time they get a clarification on why they were born and then the next question we ask is well are they on task and um, most of the time, people don't realize it, that they are. In other words, somehow intuitively, we're doing what we came down here to do. But some people are a little lost. And they'll say, mm, you know, you're a little off course. And then we'll say, well, what can we do to get back on course? And just like a council of the best life coaches you can imagine in the world, they'll give them some hints of what to do to get back on track. 
And uh, some of them, they say, um, my fiance, uh, I, I, I did it with her and she ended up being there. And they said, well, you're pretty much on task, but you could step it up. In other <laughs> words, you know, you have the power to even do better. You could step it up a little bit. So, you, you know, know, real quick, you know, in this, you know, two, two questions jump into my head instantly is, you know, we, we obviously we study everything else a lot more than the mind, it seems like, right? It's, it's, it's very interesting. You know, we, um, we're, we're cautioned on things like ego and we're cautioned on things of, of, of grandiose, uh, of, of where, you know, a, a corrupted mind can, can take you in some capacity, right? But at the same time, we still don't study it that much. We really don't know how well it works. You can look at guys like Wim Hof, who can inject himself with a flu virus and then will it out of his body through the power of his mind that he can sit, you know, I mean, he hiked up to the top of Everest in a short and t-shirts, right? I mean, he's just like cruising up there because he's just break, you know, he's got the power of his mind. That's why I long-winded again, I apologize, but it's like, where, how do you know where the tipping point is of when you're dealing with someone who's just got a, like a, is in a good shape as like a marathon runner and just has a really powerful mind? And how do you know when they're really in it and going through their past lives? What's the difference? Have you ever had someone try to fool you? Or, you know, they just, they thought, you know, they're just like, I mean, I remember when I was in church, right? I grew up in a Christian household. Assembly of God. So we're talking tambourine, triangle, running down the aisle, yeah. hands up, you know, screaming in tongues, throwing out demons. And they're like, I have these people praying over me. Ten people, hands on me. You're going to pray in tongues. The Holy Ghost is, you know, and I couldn't do it. I just, it didn't, it wasn't. So I just made it up. Right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's oh, just, they're just like, woo, praise Jesus. And I was like, yay. But, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to leave me alone, quite honestly. But you actually obviously have people coming to you and good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I would say that mainstream religion doesn't necessarily have to answer all of the questions it should, that, um, that a practice or a profession like yours may have to answer a couple more. And so I wonder, once yeah. again, it comes back, it's like, hey, has anyone tried to fool you? And then two, how do you know? How do you, how do you uh, make sure that, that um, you're getting the most out of them in what seems to be uh, a very unique state of a mix of vulnerability and acceptance. You mean, in other words, what you're asking too is like, how do they, how do you know if they just have a powerful mind and they're just actually creating this in their mind or, or how do I know, or how do you distinguish when it's that or when it's the real thing when they're, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've kind of found out now there's still, like I say, we're still doing the research. So we're open to, whatever happens when I've had, I've had like some, you know, I do regular hypnotherapy with clients and I have, I work with a lot of um, incest and rape issues, PTSD, people that have uh, really uh, damaged, been really damaged. And uh, they're usually easy subjects because they, they've been so traumatized that they're, it's easy for them to, you know, to go to, um, to be hypnotized. But sometimes because I know their histories and everything, and some of the things that they tell me, sometimes I wonder, hmm, wonder if they just made that up. Uh, but what I have noticed, it seems to be there's a point when someone goes deep enough, there's a shift that happens where, um, where uh, 
you can just, it, it's just watching their body, how they, you know, their, their emotions they're having and everything they have. You can just, you know, like if you had to have, a, um, if you had to say, well, on a scale of one to 10, are they, is this really happening to them? Are they making it up? Uh, it very, at the very first part of the process, it's kind of maybe 40% uh, they could be making it up. And then it drops from there down to about zero. And then you just realize they're, especially when they, because people will experience this two different ways and their soul as soul, they, they will decide somehow either through uh, me suggesting it to them. Like for instance, if they're going through a very painful, if they find themselves in the body, in other words, if they're being killed or something or hung or stabbed to death or something like that, they can experience it. Some people are in the body, just like you and I right now, and they're going through it again. But the fact that they're what they're half right of themselves realizing what they're feeling it all right there, or is it just the, the trauma of it or it actually the trauma they're experiencing like just the, the memory of it, of like being like it's happening to them all over again. But I tell people they don't have to, if it starts to happen, if people uh, are, are being uncomfortable with that, then, and I can tell because of their, if they're starting to get all emotional, I uh, will just touch them on the forehead and I'll say one, two, three, now you're watching it from outside your body, like on a movie screen. And instantly, if they choose to, all of a sudden they're watching it, their consciousness, you know, like people talk about when they're having an operation, all of a sudden they're on the ceiling of the operating room and they're looking down and seeing everything. Well, uh, that's the same thing. So, um, then people can see exactly what's happening to them without experiencing the trauma again. But the fact that when you are going through this process, half of you knows that this is not, this is that you're, you know, you're this person now in this lifetime and you're going through this experiencing what you experienced in this other life. So that takes a lot of the trauma away right there because you know, it's not really happening to this body, you know? Um, but, um, I, I did have one when, it, when when I was first doing this that kind of shook me a bit is uh, when I had him come down out of the cloud and I said, where are you? And then he just, he looks down and he just hit, you know, he's just going nails, nails. And I went, boom, I said, okay, you're out of your body. You're looking at it. What's happening? And they, he was being nailed to a cross. So it just shocked him that when he came to that past life, he was right at the death scene. It wasn't when he was a little kid or something. Whoa. So that shocked me a little bit. So I took him out of that. And then I, I talked to him about it for a while. And I said, well, let's try this again in a few weeks. He was prepared the next time. And I, it was my learning process there. So I was early on. Uh, so now uh, then we find out he was able to go back. He saw that. Um, he, he had him go to where he lived. He, he had just a, a little kind of uh, brick mortar hut. It was on the Red Sea. Uh, his mother, he went down where his mother was. His mother was coming with some fish. She'd been out fishing on the Red Sea. And um, he and a friend of his had been going around telling people that the Messiah was coming. And because of that, he got kicked out of his temple. They thought he was nuts. So he couldn't go pray in the temple anymore. See, all this stuff kind of interesting. Well, this young man uh, that I did this with is not a Christian, but he's always, he's, he's always, he's in, like not a Christian, but he believes in Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. And ever since, since he was young, he bought a cross. He bought a cross and he turned it upside down. He's been wearing it his whole life, where it's a cross around his neck with his upside down, which is like Saint Peter was crucified upside down, you know. But um, anyway, this this and while we were over there, in the life between lives, I just all of a sudden I thought I thought, wow, 
uh, I asked the guide there, I says, is Jesus here? Can he talk to Jesus? They said, sure. Yeah. All of a sudden Jesus is there and he's having a, like a 20 minute conversation with Jesus. Tears are rolling down his eyes when I'm looking at him on the thing here. And I said, okay, now you have your conversation, ask him what you wanna ask him, uh, commune with him and I'm gonna be quiet. And when you're done, let me know. So about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, he says, okay, I'm done. And I'll say now, because you're in a deep state right now and you might forget a lot of this, I have my recorder here. So why it's fresh in your mind, why don't you, if you're up to it, if you want to share what Jesus, what you did, let's put it on the recorder here so you don't forget. So then he proceeded to tell me about, I mean, it was beautiful. You know, Jesus was just telling him, you know, like I'm, I'm as close as your heartbeat. I, you know, when you just think of, think of me, I'll be there. Um, you know, just, it was just stuff from the Bible, you know, it was all good stuff because I've had a few people that are, um, that are, I would say born again is a bad term, but I mean, you know, they said, oh, that was the, that was a dark angel that he was talking to. That was the devil or someone pr pretending to be Jesus. And I said, well, I said, if it was, this gentleman came back and uh, decided to be a better Christian and, and live a life of love, you know, rather than hate. So, you know, I mean, we're just, we don't know. We're just, where we're over there, we're just trying to do research and see what's the next button we can push, the next thing we can learn over there, you know? Uh, but I'll tell you, when that happens, I'm sitting there, and I mean, uh, I had a, another Catholic woman, she's 72 years old, and uh, I did, afterwards, she was, since she was Catholic, when she was over there, I thought, oh, hey, this, my other client would talk to Jesus, and we said, can talk to Jesus, and sure, so she has a conversation, and Mother Mary shows up even, and they're having, she's, during, while I'm being quiet, she's laughing, she's, tears are coming down her eyes, She's, and so anyway, when I asked her what happened and we were going to record this, she said, okay, he says, well, I'm talking to Jesus and he's holding me. He says, oh my God, that's when the tears came down her eyes. And, um, you know, was talking to her and then Mother Mary showed up and she's having a conversation with Mother Mary. They're talking about their kids. Her talking about what Jesus was when he was little and about she's having trouble with her daughter. And Mother Mary gave her a hint to get, because she was estranged from her daughter. And she said to her, your daughter just needs you to listen. She doesn't need you to to give her advice or anything and you've not been listening to her really good so anyway a few months later I talked and the advice that Mary gave her she used when her daughter came and now they're they're starting to get back together again so wow. it was pretty pretty cool now here's the thing this this is a good segue here yeah people have asked over there when they're before the council or before their guide what's the right religion you know what's the religion I should be following you know what's the one that's what's Tell me the right one. Every time they get an answer like this, the one you choose for yourself. And that's usually the answer they get. In other words, the, what we get from that is that when you come down this lifetime, depending on the lessons you need, depending on what you want to learn, and one religion over another may be part of your part of your learning experience because it has it has the it'll give you the experience that you need to accomplish what your mission is. So I don't know. That sounds that that answers a lot of questions about what's the right religion. It's just like it's all good, you know. I mean, you have to follow, uh, you know, you know, follow your heart and, and choose one that's right for you. So the, the the religion of your parents may not be the one that fits you. Okay, yeah. so it's up to you to look, you know, look that way. So, sure. you know, do you um, you know, as as, as you've done this, it's, it's interesting, right? When you you talked about your your. Uh, you gave a little background at the, at the beginning here. It seems like whether it's a, you know, a clown ambassador or a stand-up comic, 
uh, or a, a hypnotherapist uh, for you know for past lives, there is a common theme of you uh, bringing a smile or a piece of happiness or a caretaking element of a person uh, in you and, and all the things that you do. Let's rewind, go back to the to the young Regan. Uh, who instilled these values in you? What what was what was part of growing up with you know that that all of a sudden you've got this piece in you that makes sure you're giving back as much as possible? Yeah, I I was lucky. Now when I look back at it, when I was uh, in the in the book, just not, not plugging it, but kind of a little bit, the three hours thirty minutes in heaven. I go back to where I was four years old. That's when I first had an out of body experience. Um, I was laying in my bed and I went to sleep, but then I woke up and when I thought, opened my eyes, I was on the ceiling looking down at my body. And I remember at the time confusion, like, wait a minute, that's me down there. What's going on? And that brought me back in my body. And then I closed my eyes again. And then I was, oh no, then I opened my eyes and I was looking up and I could see like a, like an orb on the ceiling, like, and then all of a sudden, and I was in the orb looking back down at my body again. And it freaked me out so much. Boom, I was back on my body and I jumped out of my bed and I ran to my mom and dad's room, like screaming, like, ah, you know, and my dad came in with a broom. So there's no, go how can a four-year-old even describe what happened? You know, yeah, I had no frame of reference or anything. And then, so I began, I, I, I started to be afraid to go to sleep at night. Uh, so I, I'm sitting in bed and I'm like a little kid. I don't want to go to sleep. So I'm holding my eyes open in bed. You know, like, like I can't go to sleep because it's going to happen again. Well, eventually I fell asleep. But, but when I opened my eyes and it felt like I was 100% awake, just like this, there was had two men standing in my room and they were wearing white and I was not afraid at all. It was just like, seemed just natural and normal. And they, they smile. I can still remember their smiles. They just have these most loving eyes. And I don't remember hearing words, but I heard them say in my mind or whatever, they said, it's okay. It's okay, you can go to sleep, you're gonna be okay, this won't happen to you. And I remember just laying down and I never had that happen again until I was 23 years old. And when I was 23 years old, uh, through a series of God sightings or whatever, I was looking for a religion because I'd grown up Catholic and that didn't quite fit me. And, uh, you know, I uh, went to, uh, a class in college, uh, which was on alternate religions and things. So it's the first time I heard about reincarnation. And I thought, well, that's kind of stupid because what they taught then was like, oh, you're going to be a cow or something, you know, like in India. And the whole class was laughing. You know, that was the first time I'd even heard the term because I grew up Catholic, was never exposed to any other teachings, but it got me thinking, you know, that just started me thinking about other things. Um, so, um, Long story short, I found a, a teaching that uh, gave me a couple of spiritual exercises. And they said, look, you do these spiritual exercises and it'll break the wall between here and there. And you can start having a personal relationship with God. You know how the Christians will say you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, I said, OK. So I started doing these spiritual exercises, which was simple. All I had to do was sit quietly, take a few deep breaths. And they gave me a mantra, which was H-U, Hugh. And, it, and it's, it's uh, you know, anybody that's seen this thing and want to try it, I've, I've had people do it and they say it's amazing what it does, even brings them peace. And they just sing it like, you, 
just you know four or five times and then you put your attention here which you know the people new agers would say this is where the soul comes and goes from the body they call it the tisra till or the third eye and so just call, just you know don't put your physical eyes up there but just think of that while you're singing that so i did that for about six weeks and then i fell asleep doing it and then uh, i was in a camping somewhere and then i woke up i was out of my body and i was in a place see that what's behind me here it reminds me of it because everything was yellow the skies were yellow instead of blue i was looking at um uh i was hovering like i felt like like 100 feet above the ground i was seeing 360 degrees and that's what made me realize oh my god i'm out of my body and i was i was it felt as real as you and i talking right now i mean it didn't feel like a dream or anything it was just too real and um and the, the fields there were these this giant, I call them oak trees because I didn't know, I don't know, I'm not a, I don't know names of trees and things, but they had these big giant trunks and they were massive and they were just so beautiful just looking at them. And then boom, I was back in my body. And I came out and I went, oh my God, I did it. I was just like, you know, and I wrote, it, wrote that experience down. I go, oh my God, this huge thing really works, you know. And uh, then it was off to the races. That kind of opened me up. And then uh, a couple times a year, I would find myself uh, awake in the dream state, like, and there would be a teacher for someone there that would be in a classroom somewhere and they were teaching me to how to be more compassionate or kind or or uh it was just stuff and i'd wake up and i write that stuff down so i connected like an inner inner kind of guidance uh, so to speak but here's the cool thing is because it happens in a dream state or in, in an altered state your human mind the first thing it's going to do is go oh I, that was, this is a dream or I, I just made that shit up you know something like that you know well, that was so powerful that lasted a long time, but eventually about 10, 12 years later, I'm starting to doubt it a bit. And I go, I go, God, I mean, did I just make that up or what? You know, I don't know, it's just this human thing. So I says, I wish I could have something like I've heard other people have where they have somebody physical, like a master or teacher appear before them. I've had friends that that has happened where they've got a teacher appear in bodily form to them. And, um, you know, so anyway, forgot all about that. I end up, um, uh, I was a clown at <laughs> doing a, a, a magic ventriloquist show at the, at the uh, uh, Frog Jump, uh, which is a, it's a county fair they have in Calaveras, California every year, where they have frogs from all over the world come and, and see whose frog can jump the furthest, you know. And the guy following me on stage was a, a storyteller. Uh, he, he was at the uh, Columbia Storyteller and he was dressed like a miner. He would take people that would come to the park down into the mines and he had all these stories and things like this. We became friends. So afterwards he said, hey, why don't you and your wife come up and visit my wife and I uh, for a weekend sometime? So we did. Went up, had a good weekend. Didn't talk about anything spiritual or anything. I mean, you know, nothing, no God talk or anything. So I'm getting ready to get in my car. All of a sudden I feel a hand on my shoulder and I turned around like, what's he doing, you know? And he says, I think you need to tell me something. And I'm like, like, what? This is kind of weird. He says, about that dream you had. And I said, now this has been 12, 14 years since I had the yellow sky dream. Instinctively, I said, what color was the sky? He said, yellow. And I said, what was I looking at? He says, the magnificent giant trees. And I, I started fainting. He had to catch me. That just got me like I, went, I started crying a bit, you know, like he took me back inside and sent me down. He says, Regan, I don't know what's going on here, really. He says, I seem to be the keeper of this dream somehow because I seem to know when people have had it 
and he even told me that um, when he was storytelling a few weeks before, he was uh, he was hammering being a locksmith thing at the it, being a docent, and a person from another country came up to him embarrassingly and said to him, says I think I'm supposed to ask you about the dream that I had, and he would say what color was the sky, and they would say yellow, and then he would say what were you looking at, and they would say the giant tree. Oh, and so he says that this is now this was like a this is like a physical thing happening this proving god to me or proving that this thing is real you know sure that was and i and i felt i felt so humbled in a way and i felt a little bit of shame like saying okay i'm asking god to do this and now he's just saying okay regan you're that you need a little more proof here you go you know yeah that that um that person which i wish i could even get a hold of him now because this has been even 15 maybe 20 years ago this happened and I wish I could talk to him to see what's happened to him nowadays. But he said that his descendants come from the Magi. In other words, he's been able to follow the sense all the way back to the Magi. And that somehow uh, in that way, metaphysical way, he was supposed to. Oh, but the thing is, he said, did you have, he said, Regan, did you have the second part to the dream? And I said, There's a part I don't two. know, what is it? <laughs> well, I guess so. But, but I've never, I don't know if I've ever had it. You know, he said he can't tell me about it, but I know it when I had it. So when that happened, I had to get real. I had to go, okay, Regan, you want to keep fighting all this stuff that your mind makes this stuff up, that this isn't real, that God isn't real, that, that this intuition you have or this connection you have with the other side that's kind of guiding you along your life. And um, I just, ever since then, I've been good to go, you know, and I followed my intuition the whole time up to, and look, it's led me to doing this work, you know, so. Well, you know when you, it's 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 interesting right one that's it's a fascinating story because round two man i got i got to figure out what happens in dream two and i did i i make i make a little light with the comment of like it's a secret society but it's, it's kind of this crazy thing of like this secret dream that a, a group of people carry with them i i wonder you know uh with, with yourself and, and and what you do and all the people you talk to and engage with and everything that's going on you know, um, and I've, I've asked this, I'm going to want to ask this in a different way here. Where do you separate the spiritual life? And then once again, that powerful brain, I mean, I, I make this joke a lot with my friends, I go, you know, it's crazy. If you give yourself a nickname, you're an asshole, right? If you, hey, call me jump shot, Charlie, they're like, who calls you that? I call me that you're like, you're a moron get out of here. I'll create your nickname for you. And right now your nickname is moron because you tried to give yourself a nickname. Stop. The brain gave itself a nickname. It named itself. You know, so you've got this crazy thing between our ears that's got such a massive ego. And it's like, I'll name myself. And then you've got this spiritual side, this soft, gentle, beautiful spiritual side that that wants to go and explore and embrace and hug and love and when it sees something beautiful it cries and it gives this emotional response when you're doing your work how do you separate the two well um the brain that you have that's all powerful this is just part of the brain it's just a part of the brain that you haven't switched over to you know so yeah we have it matter of fact i tell people they go with well, just my imagination and i go that God's gift of the imagination is the biggest gift that we have as human beings, because think of about it this way. There's nothing that you can look at right now. Uh, 
this, uh, this, this, this all happened in someone's brain in their mind before it became reality. You know, in other words, we see the pictures and then from there we create. Um, and so um, it, it, it's funny though, because the, you would think that would answer the question right there. So we go, well, I wanna, I wanna find myself in heaven, boom. I'm going to make it happen just like I thought of this and I made this, I, I somehow manufactured this, you know, or, or, um, you know, there's that movie that came out in that book called the secret and it was all about how to manifest uh, what you like. And some souls that have come down here have said, when we, when you get them on the other side and they go, well, when you're in heaven that way and you want to manifest something, it happens instantly. Just like over there. And I say, well, can they go before the council? Boom, they're there. You know, we don't have to travel anywhere. You're just, your consciousness just goes there instantly. Um, so, um, uh, but they say when you get in the physical body in, in this, this body here, they get frustrated because it takes so damn long to manifest something. In other words, it doesn't happen instantly. There's a, like a process your mind has to go through. You got to put attention on it. You have to put, you know, uh, uh, uh you know, your, uh, quotient of love into it, you know, to help manifest it. Um, and so it takes a longer time. So when, when. And again, I'm bouncing around, but it just came to me too. When people are in heaven, a lot of souls never incarnate in the physical body. They've always been in heaven and they'll always stay there. And they're doing their learning there. Maybe they go to other dimensions, other planets or something, but not everybody comes down to earth. It's just one of many places to go. And some souls choose to just stay in heaven with the heavenly father as a sense, you could say. And they do their work there. But it, what I've got from this as is, is a researcher is that it seems like the the learning never ends that you were saying like the mail, the mailman delivers the mail and you go back and there's more mail, you know, there's like, um, but as you advance, it seems like spiritually people over there say that they get to start choosing what they want to do uh, as a coworker in a sense. So um, it seems like, you know, Oh, and here's the big, the thing that frustrates me. And I'd like to find out as we do more research too. When I ask people over there, where's God? Or I have my clients, you know, one of the questions, well, where's God? Usually they, it's like, yeah, somewhere up there, you know, it's like, you, here we are like in heaven and, and they call it the presence over there. They just say that we're in this spot, wherever we've discovered this part of heaven. And this may only be, matter of fact, I wrote that down the other day. I want to start asking people to ask more about that and say, okay, is where we're at right now, is this it? Is this heaven is this where everybody goes or are there other layers above this because i know in um in corinthians i think god was talking about the many levels of heaven uh i know saint paul when he was being stoned he said he was taken to the highest heaven which sounds like there's levels you know mm -hmm. but i in this place where now i'm taking it for granted this is heaven but maybe there's you know maybe you study here for a while and you you become you know maybe after so many incarnations maybe you go to some other level you know which we've not discovered yet or maybe we can't get there um i don't know so you know we'd like to find that out but this place where people go is absolutely people don't want to come back sometimes they always do <laughs> no one I haven't had anybody die in my hand my tongue my chair they always come back uh but it's that feeling there of um of love like you haven't felt in the in the human it's just it's it's like as much love as you could feel. I mean, how can you describe that except it's a feeling or it's a feeling of love, you know? Um, you, when, and, you, when you're looking at this stuff real quick, sorry, but when, you, when you're, you know, going through this and it's, it's, it's very interesting to me, right? Because uh, 
it seems like with the right education and the right guide, you um, you have a, you know, for lack of a better term, you have a good time, right? You got to go see stuff, you know? It's, I remember I was trying meditation, right? I was like trying to calm myself down and I've got, you know, my mind's spinning 900 miles a minute. And I just, it's, it's hard for me. Like my wife is like, it's time for bed. And at 7.05, she's asleep, right? And she's closed her eyes, she's, you know, me, my ears are ringing, I'm thinking about stuff, I'm thinking about stuff I did when I was five, how I messed up, and, you know, I'm still carrying that for some reason, I don't know why, and I remember uh, I was in college, I'm trying these breathing techniques, I'm trying to calm down, and I don't know if it's because I didn't really believe in it or what it was, but I finally fell asleep, I finally just kind of meditated myself into sleep, and all of a sudden, I was having the worst nightmares of my life, I was having the shadow people, you know, they've done some studies on those shadows that, yeah. come, you know, coast to coast. what's that? Coast to coast. I yeah. Said coast to coast. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I lived through it for over a decade. And I wonder one, you know, not to, and I, of course, you know, this is like, you know, going to a restaurant saying, Hey, have you ever accidentally, you know, messed up a plate? And the restaurant's like, we don't talk about that. We talk about the good food over here. Right? But, <laughs> yeah. but I do wonder in your personal journeys, have you ever accidentally taken like the, a wrong left turn? And, and two, uh, you know, in these journeys, if people are going to try something themselves, how do they stay protected? How do they stay in the moment? And at the same time, don't get lost in, in, in some weird spinoff like I got into. Yeah, that's it. You know, well, we, we're still doing research on that, but so far in the 50,000 cases we've had, We've never had one instant of anything of a negative nature. In other words, we've had a few people that write, right as they, right as they get out of their body, like you know, they they go to a past life, mm -hmm. and right as they kind of enter heaven or the gates of heaven, you would say or whatever. Or uh, let me back up. It's before they get to there. It's like when they're out of their body, and then all of a sudden, we've had a few people that think that they've seen the devil. Even one saw in one case, you know, the horns and everything. And he starts screaming like, ah, but the, we're trained to how to handle this. So we just tell him, says, wait a minute now, you think you're seeing the devil like that, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So we calm him down and we say, I want you to go a little, this might be scary, go a little bit closer. And in this, in this one case, he went there and the, this devil was laughing. It was his guide just disguised as the devil. Uh, this man, he was the guy, yeah, Regan, playing a trick on him. A couple of Regan Forston comics up there, just fucking around, having a good time. Yeah. Right so they're just like, just, hey. Just <laughs> around with them, yeah. Well, um, and, uh, the, well, the fact was, this guy that went through this was a, 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 a Baptist preacher um, and preaching hell and damnation to everybody his whole life. Say, so the guide over there said, the guy told me, well, I'm just giving you what you've been giving to your people, you know, like as a sense of humor. But we have found no, actually, now here's the thing that, and I'm saying I'm just the researcher here. I don't, anybody's religion, whatever. We're just trying to figure things out. Once you get to this one state, we haven't found uh, anything such as a devil, as negativity, as hell. Um, there's certainly uh, retribution or making, like balancing things out but not in the sense of like burning in a fiery hell or something like that. Uh, when people have done bad things, when they get to the other side, it, the ones that cases we've had, a lot of times they've realized they've done some bad stuff and they go like, ah, oh, how did I do that? I went down to be good intentions and I got sidetracked and I, oh my God, I screwed up. 
And so they usually decide their own, if you not punishment, if you call it, but correct. Uh, sometimes that comes in the form of they, they decide to come back down in a body and to have to go through what they put people through just to balance things out like karma, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they go, they put themselves in time out over there. I guess it would be like the Catholics call purgatory a little bit. I mean, they, they go to a place where they can rejuvenate, kind of uh, fix everything and then try to go back down again and do better the next time. Um, and um, we're having a conference coming up um, next March if the COVID thing isn't good. And there'll be probably about 100 of us of the 250 of us that'll be together. And that's where we're going to discuss a lot of things about what we've been finding out about, you know, because people ask, well, what about the devil and all that kind of thing? The best I can see is that the entity of the devil or whatever the use that that's for exists here on earth in a way is a, is a way of... Um, of testing people of a way of uh, like being a, you know, making it not, you know, difficult for people so that they really learn their lessons the best way. Um, you know, ghosts and things are maybe some, from what we can tell, or entities. Uh, not everybody, when they die, they don't want to go to the good place right away. They kind of hang around uh, for a lot for, because of their conscience somehow. And maybe they, there's ghosts or things. But when the state that we found where people go to, uh, is just all light and love. Uh, and um, I've had a few of the council members be kind of strict with a few of my clients before, but in a loving way, you know, like if you had a, someone you would really admire that would really tell you the truth about things, but maybe it's some stuff that's hard for you to hear. Um, and uh, like one of my clients, um, one of her questions she wrote down was, why am I having such a difficult time with this one doctor that I work with? she worked in a, in a nursing place where the doctors rotated and there was this one, one out of three doctors. When he was coming into work, she would sit in her car and have panic attacks because he was so emotionally and mentally cruel to her for, for no reason. I mean, he would pull her aside when no one else was looking and just tell her what a piece of crap she was and she should be out of this thing. I mean, just, I mean it just hurt her, her it, it devastated her. So she's before the council and I said, okay, now, uh, Remember, I'll call her Carolyn. Remember, Carolyn, this is one of your questions. You wanted to know why you're having such a difficult time with this doctor. And one of the guides that was up there on the council just said one sentence to her. They said, you were very cruel to him in another lifetime. And I'm watching her on the bed if she's in hypnosis and she grimaced and she goes, oh, I didn't want to hear that. I did not yeah. want to hear that. <laughs> you know, so anyway, she comes out of that and she's saying, Regan, when they told me that, that that was a punch to my ego. I did not want to hear that I was ever, how could I have ever been mean to him? I'm not that kind of person. Well, I said, I don't know. That's just what they said. It's up to you to figure out if that, if that rings true to you or not. Now, six months go forward, six months later, she says, Regan, I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything to the doctor or anything, but he's not treating me that way anymore. I says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what did it. Maybe just you realizing that maybe that shifted your consciousness some. Maybe you accepted responsibility somehow inwardly for maybe you were mean to him in another lifetime and now you were just getting it back. So maybe you buried the hatchet. You know, maybe, maybe now it doesn't have to go on and on and on because you've, you know, you've balanced what you need to balance. So I don't know. It's, it's part of the research, but it was, it was a good outcome. You know, she's doing fine now. She can go to work and not have to worry about him being mean to her anymore. Well, it's also, you know, that, 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 that what you just shared, I mean, it really is, 
indicative of, of the movie. And, and, uh, and another thing I wanted to bring up with you, you know, you, you see at the beginning, Sandy Newton and, uh, and uh, Dylan, Matt, Matt Dylan right there, uh, they get pulled over, right? And he's the cop and he's a little too handsy with her. And then she wrecks the car, the car is going to blow up. And he's the person who is pulling her out of the car right before it blows up. And you, he, there's this moment of reconciliation, right? There's this moment of, man, I was a piece of shit. Yeah. Look, I was given this opportunity. And it seems like with a lot of the work that you do, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're giving people opportunities, an opportunity to right or wrong, an opportunity to, um, to what, what I like to say is the, the dollar bill analogy. This country is at odds over some of the dumbest, craziest stuff in the world. And, and they think there's a grand canyon between us. And they're looking, they're like, my dollar bill has a president and it's the best dollar bill. And the other group's like, my dollar bill has a building and it's the best dollar bill. And they're talking about the same thing. It's paper thin, the difference, but no one wants to highlight that, right? Yeah. No one wants to highlight, because then that's easy to solve. If you create a bigger problem, it's, it's hard to solve. And it seems like you're, you're doing this work, allowing people to see that the nuance of change the nuance of, of, of being better isn't what sometimes I think we make it out in our minds to be. That it is yeah. simple tasks. Is that well, that moment in the movie, yeah, you know, that, that moment in the movie you're talking about when they find, when it finally comes together and they see each other and they, that's that aha moment, you know, yeah. like, oh my God. And that's what, when people go to the life between lives and they, and they see some of these things, they have one aha moment after the other. And they go, oh, that's why. Oh my gosh, that's why I've been doing this all my life. Oh my God, oh, that's why I have this person in my life. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's I, I would say that that's probably the biggest thing anybody can take away from this process of going to the afterlife and coming back is this huge aha thing that for one thing that they came down here for a reason and a purpose mm -hmm. that they chose to go through some difficult things down here to learn certain things. So what are they bitching about? You know, now there was time to get to work. It's yeah. time to start looking at every situation that you're in when it's difficult for you. There's a reason There's something to learn from it. There's something that you need to learn. And it usually has to do with kindness, compassion, uh, patience, you know, uh, something to that effect, you know, that they need to learn. Um, and um, when you start looking at every obstacle as an opportunity for growth, your whole life changes because you, 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 you just start, you know, you start looking at the glass half full most of the time instead of half empty. And well, that, that you can be, you, know, you take it from a fight to a hike, right? Like if, if every, if everything's, if every step in there is an opportunity, then it's not a mountain, it's not a molehill. It's a hike. It's a journey. Yeah. A journey. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, at least that's what we're getting from this so far. And if somebody can just get that, then they, so they go about their lives and they say, because people that have had this done two, three, four years ago, uh, when, when they're checked up on, they'll say, you know, when I had that moment, it said it was a, it was a, a turning point in my life. You know, it's like, it's like I was going down this path and then now I'm going this down this path and it's so much better. You know, I have, I have things that happen in my life still. I have problems that happen, but, but somehow the solutions come easier because I, 
I look at it in a positive, good way, and I try to find solutions in a loving way rather than, oh God, why are you doing this? And it's so so horrible. So um, I think that's the very least people would take away from this experience. Um, I, I know it's been three years since I had it, and there's probably not a day goes by, but of course a lot of it's because of the work I do, so it's making me think about it. But I, I think about it, I think about it a little bit every day, you know, and it, in, inwardly I just kind of smile, and I realize how good it feels to be alive now. And it kind of made sense, of, like in my in my book, I, as I there's a whole, whole lot of other things that happen between me being a clown, and then when I became a hypnotherapist, all of a sudden I got to start seeing the underbelly of the world. It's like I had seems like God had to have me see both extremes, the loving, laughing, the happy side. And and then the people that seemed to be drawn to me that that found me to be their therapist. You know, oh, I mean, the things that they've gone through. I'll give you an example of uh, of a gentleman I'm working with currently that I I uh, he came to me to to want to have this experience of going to that life after life. But it ended up being a regular therapy session. And to give you a little background on him, he was, he was uh, in a in Hispanic gang when he was younger. He's in his 40, he's like 46, 48 now. And he all of a sudden is wondering why he's not dead. You know, he showed me, he'd been shot five different times and he didn't die from different Whoa. gangs at different times, but each time the bullet didn't kill him. His car got totaled by a, at a railroad crossing when a train hit him and he got out of there with just uh, you know, a few scratches. Um, and then this is the thing that, that was crazy is that about a few years ago, uh, his son took a gun and put it to his head and shot him and the bullet went in his brain here and came out of his mouth. So he, he didn't die. It, uh, but you know, um, his son wanted him dead. So his son just shot him right here. And, um, when we were trying to do hypnosis on him, he's, do, he's doing um, a lot of uh, meth and meth. He's on meth. So uh he he got relaxed so quick and then he just went he went right to delta which is where you're just out you're not even conscious at all you know i couldn't even i'm sitting there trying to bring him back up to so i can talk to him and he's just <laughs> snoring he just went right under <laughs> um, so when he came out of that i said you know what this is you're just you're the drugs and that's you're on is just making this hard to do and he says well okay, I'm going to come back again, but I'm going to try to, I'll do my best to stay off him for three or four days. And I said, yeah, let's try again. So anyway, we, I did regular therapy with him where I, I'm a, I'm a, uh, an EFT practitioner. It's, it, that's, What's that? it's, you have to do a show on that sometimes. It is, it's almost a panacea, one of the most healing modalities on the planet right now that works like 90 something percent of the time. It's uh, tapping different parts of your body as you're talking about your issue. Uh, you know, going back and forth to these uh, seven different points. And um, I, I've had people with fears and phobias and watch them vanish right before my eyes. And they just a months later and the fear of phobia just completely left in like sometimes 15 minutes and an hour. Uh, people have post-traumatic stress. It's one of the one of the main things they're using for people coming back from Afghanistan now. They're even, there's not enough therapists. So they're doing rooms full, sometimes with 14 or 20 people at one time and going through one session of doing this tapping when, when there's a facilitator there doing it and they're just talking about their issues, sitting in the audience doing this and they test them afterwards and a few months later and they had about 50% of their PTSD just completely disappear within one session. It's, it's called emotional freedom technique or EFT. Um, when Harvard studied this a few years ago, 
as a therapist for years, I was having, I was watching miracles happen right before my eyes where, where people were just getting, you know, instead of somebody with PTSD going and talking about all the crap that happened to them for years and years and years and only getting marginally better, sometimes in one, two, three, four sessions, they're on their way to being pretty normal again. And the regular psychological psychiatrist community didn't want to accept this. But then Harvard heard about this and they said, you know what, we can test this stuff. So they hooked people up to machines where they could test their amygdala. They could see their amygdala. That's the, like the fire alarm in your brain going off when there's stress. It's, it's really active, you know? Sure. And they test their, uh, took a blood sample, their cortisol. They can test that to see how much stress, you know, the cortisol, how, how, what degree of stress hormone is in your body. They had people tap for like five minutes and then they tested the cortisol immediately. They watched the amygdala calm down. And when they tested the cortisol level, the stress hormone had reduced up to 50% across the board for everybody they tested in less than five minutes. And I see that happen all the time with people. You know, so um, for for most people, I mean, if they are watching this video, if you even you're probably if you're still watching this, this isn't too over your heads, or you don't think we're we're talking about too much woo-woo stuff here. But EFT is, a, is accepted now as a form of therapy. And because of that, it's gone viral. I mean, they did, a, they did an online seminar last year. They had over 200,000 people on the online seminar of learning how to do this. They're starting to do it in schools now where they do school assemblies, teaching the kids how to do these tapping things to reduce their, their stress, to reduce their fear of tests. Or, uh, and the schools have been reporting less bullying. Uh, SAT scores have been going through the roof and they're calling other schools saying you got to do this for the kids, you know, because wow. it's it's uh, it's just amazing on my website. If you go to visit there's a video on there. If you tab on EFT and hypnosis, mm -hmm. the first video on there is uh, about eight minutes long and okay. it'll it'll sound like an infomercial, but I'll tell you what everything on there happens. I see it happen all the time. All right. So, and then I'll put a link to it. Oh, we'll we'll put a link in the description of the podcast yeah. for that as well. But you know, I, I wonder, you know, in the in the, in the in this podcast, a land of hard left turns. You know, um, it's interesting. I have, I have a friend who's a, he used to be a, a professional magician, right? Worst job to have anytime he would go anywhere with anybody. It's like, oh, you know, Jason, what do you do? Oh, I do communications. You know, oh, Elijah, what do you do? Oh, I run a company. We only work on experiences with people. Oh, Billy, what do you do? I'm a magician. Hey, show me a trick, right? I mean, it's like, it's, uh, you know, for Elijah, what's the coolest experience you've done? And it's like, what's cool to me might not be cool to you. It's about understanding the person to create the experience, you know, or if me, they're like, hey, what's the craziest, you know, um, legal bind you've gotten someone out of, or, you know, what, how, what, what's the thing you've fixed before that we shouldn't know about? But, you know, so I wonder, one, how hard is it to have your job and go to a cocktail party and someone asks what you do? And then B, how, yeah. do, you balance, how do you balance the idea of, hey, you know what, doctors don't like giving free advice over the dinner table. Massage therapists just don't start rubbing someone's feet, right? Why are you assuming that I'm just going to hypnotize the room yeah. and we're going to call it a day and everyone's going to go visit their past lives? Like, how do, you, how do you circumnavigate that without being rude to me? Like, hey, it's my job. I've got an idea, asshole. Give me your credit card. We'll go sit yeah. down. 
Well, uh, I remember when I was a comedian all those years, I got that a lot. Oh, tell me a joke, you know? Yeah. And usually I'd say, well, I'd say, uh, well, I'm not working right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? I'd say five that. bucks and I'll go to work. Yeah, when I, 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 I'm a comic, right? I mean, comics, some are storytellers, some are one-liners, right? Some tell yeah. jokes. So it also depends on the kind of, uh, of, um, of comic you are too, right? So it's, it really is different. So yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. So what happens, oh, what happens now? Some, yeah, well, when, it's funny now, of course, now I'm in, a, in Marin County. It's a pretty spiritual place here. It's like a, a bubble of spirituality here. Marin, for those who know Marin County is, it's just above San Francisco, mm -hmm. uh, just about from the Golden Gate Bridge. It's uh, probably 20 minutes from, from downtown San Francisco, but it's a world different than San Francisco. It's just up 85% of the county is natural. I mean, there's, there's, it's just beautiful here. I mean, I feel like this is a slice of heaven uh, and I'm just real fortunate to be here. But anyway, and the parties I've been to inevitably kind of it, it, around here, I've been to some pretty big parties and someone will ask me, well, what do you do? And I'll just say, well, I have to stop the conversation after about a half an hour or an hour because that's all anybody's talking about at the party after that. They're just asking me question after question, which I don't mind. I mean, I love that. but but I'm trying not to be the center of attention at the party because it's not my party, you know? So I have to like, I have to be respectful to whoever's there and say, well, let's talk about something else, not just about, you know, cause I don't want the uh, person hosting the party saying, hey, this turned it into a, uh, a go to heaven party, you know, yeah. uh, there. So people are really, I've noticed a big, huge change in the last, uh, I don't know, 10 years that, you know, uh, even reincarnation now, has been gaining, I think, on the research that I did. I wrote a book, and it's free on my website, actually. People get it, it's an ebook, and it's called um, Reincarnation is Real. And it's about all of the research being done now, uh, and with some videos that they can go to and everything that, you know, about some children that remember past lives and they were able to go to back and prove that what the children said was real. Which, by the way, the University of Virginia has been doing studies on this for almost 50 years now. They've had uh, people studying it. Ian Stevenson, he's written some books about children who remembered past lives. Um, right now, they have in their case files about 2,500 cases where they were able to go to the children, interview the children, and then they were able to go back and prove what the children said. You know, And these were kids that weren't in hypnosis or anything. These were just kids that one day when they were little said, mom and dad, when I was big, or, you know, uh, I've got... I've got my other sisters or, or what about my other brothers and sisters or something. And all of a sudden, then, then we seems to be between one and five, uh, the wall between here and the other side is not as thick. And a lot of children will remember, you know, uh, their past lives. So this, the University of Virginia said, well, let's see if we can prove this. So, you know, they've traveled all over the world, done the research and then gone back to the times when the children said this happened and found newspaper articles or people that were still living that were there from their other lifetime that were way older now. <laughs> and uh, here's this one case history that I found remarkable that Ian Stevenson did. Uh, this little girl said that she was from this other, other village, which was not too far from her village. It was married to this man named so-and-so and that she died of a certain thing. Well, the parents said, let's go to the village and see if there's any, uh, and the researcher went to this thing. They found a family of that name. The little girl walked 
steps in, sees the man that was her husband in another lifetime, only he's way older, and she starts yelling at him because he had remarried. She says, you promised you would never be with another woman. This is this little kid chewing out this older guy saying, you promised you would never be with somebody else again, <laughs> you know, because, and they, and they're, she knew so much about them that the family there accepted her as his ex-wife in another, from being in another life. So and this was all documented and everything. So uh, it's, wow. so people watching this, if you go, if you get books by Ian Stevenson or go to, you know, look up the University of Virginia um, past life, um, you know, uh, project because there's a man that's in charge of it now still doing the research and you can learn about that he's actually in my book that you can get for free uh, there's a link to the video where he gives about a 20-minute presentation on the current status of things with their proof on reincarnation so do you think because of the work you do and that you're so honest I mean, you really are you're like hey no we're still doing research you know you don't you know i, I talk in absolutes in hyperbole right uh, I, I paint with a, with a roller brush as, as professionals paint by numbers, right? I'm painting with I this hyperbolistic roller brush of craziness, but you've got this, uh, you know, you've got this, this unique way and, and this unique position and that position, oddly enough is, yeah, we can always learn more. Do you think because of that attitude um, that you're not heaven, hell, good, bad, yes, no, that you have an openness to learn more. Do you think that helps in the long run, but inhibits in the short run um, more people embracing this uh, this practice? Um, I don't know. I've always found out, and I, I I'm I have a happy life. I mean, I've had things happen. Like you have almost died a few times. I I just it's a I would, blessing. I would, I would, I'm going to pull some pictures for people, but you know. Through this whole conversation, no matter what we're talking about, you've got a smile on your face. You have a, a, an, an energy that is reminiscent of the picture that is behind you, which is this beautiful, fun, yet calm yeah. nature. Like, hey, you can come jump in the lake right now. You can <laughs> wait till it's dark. You can wait till it's morning, but it's right here and it's yeah. peaceful and it's great. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's, that's the way it feels, you know? I mean, <clears throat> I've had... Um, you know, some things happen in life. And I, I mean, I've been through a couple of addictions I had to go through. Um, oh, <laughs> and now we're segueing. This one addiction that I had, because people out there need to know that you can get help from the other side. You know, like in the 12-step in the programs, one of the things that they have you do in there is to let your ego go and say, I can't do this alone. You know, yeah. I can't do this, you know, and that they, that they recognize that there's a, a higher power Bigger, there's something bigger than themselves that, that can help them. And I think that really helps a lot of people. Well, it was proven to me when I had an addiction. Uh, I was uh, 30 years old. Um, I had confessed to my wife uh, at, the, uh, at the time of it, and it devastated her. We just happened to happen to have plane tickets to go to a spiritual uh, retreat um, the next day. I don't know, it was bad timing for me to tell her about that. So we're on this plane, which is not a, she's not saying a word to me at all because she's so devastated. I'm like feeling the worst I ever have because I feel like a total creep, you know, about my addiction and that I hid it from her for so long. And our plane breaks, or the, the plane we were on, uh, we stopped in St. Louis and then we were supposed to catch another plane. It had mechanical failure on the ground. So we, they put us up in a hotel. 
So she's up in the room, just not talking to me, not saying a word. I walk out, I get on, I'm on the stairway. It's like, I don't know, 12 o'clock at night. And I'm sitting there and I, I just went in my soul to the lowest part of my life I've ever been, where I just said, you know, I can't do this. You know, I just, I freaking can't do this anymore. I said, help me, help me, help me. And I was crying, I started bawling my eyes out. So I go back in, I lay down in the bed, I fall asleep. I wake up totally aware in a dream and I'm on a gurney and I'm in a hospital. And all of a sudden I'm on this gurney and in come these two doors breaking open comes this guy with all this energy and all I can see is his eyes because he's got the blue cap on, you know how the, the, they're about ready to do an operation. They're all covered except you can see their eyes. And he's looking at me and I recognized him as a, as a master from the other side. And I went, oh my God, that's Paul Twitchell. It was like, I just, I went, and I'm aware that I'm sleeping, but I'm aware that I'm in the dream and I'm analyzing this is going on. And then the doors break open and four or five others come in and they all have that same energy, like they're going to a party or something. And they surrounded me on this gurney. And then they, they started kissing the edges of my body all the way, they walked around kissing all the edges of my body like that. And then I woke up um, the next day, I had no addiction. It was totally gone for two and a half years. It's like I had time to, to regroup. And at the time, the two and a half years, it started to come back again. I was mature enough and, and could see I was more strong at that time. So I started getting some, went to a therapist and stuff. And then it never you know came back to bother me. But that was another proof to me that this, this other side stuff is real, that you're not alone, that when you get to your darkest spot where you just can't lift it, lift anymore, that you can get some help, you know? And, oh my God, so I, I feel I didn't have to go to a seven step program. It just, I was lucky that they just took it away from me. So <clears throat> that's, again, that's one of these other things that starts making you a believer. And, and people watching this now, I mean, if you realize and <clears throat> what the angels say on the other side, and I'll use the term angels, because I know we're in a Christian country. And a lot of people think of, we say guide, it sounds too, uh, Eastern, it sounds like um, Eastern religion or, you know, like when you say guide or, or spirit guide or something like that. Yeah. Uh, angel works just fine. <clears throat> it's these beings on the other side that are there to help you. What they've said is they're just waiting for people to wake up to acknowledge that they're there. So anybody watching this broadcast, now you're going to sleep and you can go, okay, I feel kind of silly, but I think you're up there and I could use some help. So can you start helping me in my life or something? You'd be surprised um, how they communicate with you through your intuition. Your intuition is like the highest step when you just start to touch, trust your intuition, you know, because you know it's right. But before then, when you're not, your intuition it is good. Sometimes you'll get um, uh, God sightings. You could do a whole nother program on that. There's a book. Oh, my God. I always have a hard time with this. It's about waking dreams. The, the, and it's a book about through history of all these important people that changed the course of history because of something that happened to them in a dream or like a waking dream where something like they're, they're, they're getting ready to do something and then boom, there's the answer right in front of them and the car ahead of them has a sign that says something and that's the answer that they were looking for or, or whatever. There's this whole thing of how they communicate that way and what we call um, God sightings or waking dreams. Uh, I've been to Christian, um, uh, I went to a seminar, an afternoon seminar at my wife's church who was, my wife was Christian. Uh, and I, w I would go, you know, I was learned early that God is everywhere. So 
even though I wasn't Christian, I always went, I went to the retreats, I went to church with her all the time, because there's always, there was, I was there for a reason, there was always a message for me there, and always something that would help me no matter where I was, um, but in the seminar they did there, the man talked about these uh, God sightings, and uh, was a whole thing on how to recognize when God's talking to you, you know, uh, and dreams is one way, um, waking dreams where you have, you know, like a little miracle that happens that you get, you know, shown God, and there's all kinds of Christian books on the miracles that happen in their life, but it happens all the time. They say that we miss about 90% of what they're trying to tell us because we got our blinders on, you know, so what I try to get people to do is say, just, you know, if you're afraid of the devil, you're afraid of stuff, I mean, pray, do a prayer to God or Jesus before and say, look, I want to know more, you know, can you, can you please allow more light to come in so I can learn more about what love is, more about what you're all about, and then uh, sometimes that when you, they start saying, oh, good, he finally acknowledged us. Now we can really get to work, you know, so. It seems like, and, and forgive me if this is a little too simplistic, but <coughs> the common theme that I'm hearing is be humble. It's okay to ask for help and do the humility and asking for help, do it from a place of love. Exactly. You, you got to, you know, and I always just say this to people because even though as open as I am, and I think I'm a really open because of this work I'm doing, I still find myself sometimes reading something or uh, like um, Dolores Cannon's books are, she's the one that was doing the research when Michael Newton was doing the research and she's the one that did, um, she did thousands and thousands of cases herself. Um, her she got a lot of really, she wrote uh, six, I think there's six volumes in all, they're called The Convoluted Universe. So okay. they can get, you can get them, Convoluted Universe, you can get them at, at uh, libraries and that even, okay. uh, because she sold millions of books, but her books will twist your mind like a pretzel with all the, and I don't even want to go into some stuff because it's just <laughs> a lot of people, it's way, way out there. You know, it's about the aliens, it's about the- uh, uh, Do you believe in aliens? It's a what? Do you believe in aliens or do you think, because I, 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 oh, yeah. I, I have this thought, right? <laughs> that it's either A and B, humans and aliens, or it's A and it's just like Eskimos versus people from Texas versus someone from Africa, right? Yeah. We all have a different look. We all approach life differently because we've, we've, we had to overcome different problems. Yeah. We've had to... Yeah create ourselves in a different capacity. And I wonder whether it's a little gray person with big eyes and no genitals and, you know, three fingers yep. or it's <laughs> us we go. or whatever else it is. Is it that they're different or they're us? They've just evolved differently because of their, uh, their circumstances. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know all the answers, but I do know. And, uh, and I, I think now even people listening to this because there's there's been so much come out like this thing about the alien thing is being slowly we're being spoon fed as you can probably see where the navy finally let go of this uh thing where they show have you seen that you know where they yeah. show the ufo that the Captain navy has Curtis. yeah just well goes from all thousand feet to, to, to a foot above the water in less than a second yeah yeah and so, but the thing is, and, and that for some people, that's, a, that's all of a sudden opening a door and they're going, well, 
I don't want to believe this, but okay, I'm seeing something with my human eyes and it's the government that did this. And here's a Navy pilot who's it's not some, you know, joker out in the woods somewhere, you know, from, from some podunk town. This is, uh, you know, this is real, real thing. Um, and that's what a lot of people in the UFO communities are saying. They think that the government is slowly spoon feeding it because it, this would be such a shock to some people's consciousness that um, it could really disrupt things, you know. But even the Catholic Church, uh, you know, when they ask the Pope about this and he says, well, if there is, uh, when they land, we're going to try to get them to believe in Jesus, you know. So, like, you know. I, but you know what, the, the Pope also, did you see the controversy that happened with the Pope today? He, uh, the Pope, with what? With the Pope. Did you see the controversy with the Pope today? No. What happened? He, uh, evidently, the Pope was on Instagram. Pope's got an Instagram account. Didn't know that happened. Oh, that's cool. And uh, he was liking uh, this Brazilian lingerie model. And she was in a schoolgirl outfit <laughs> at a locker showing her beautiful ass off. And he liked the picture. And of course, the Vatican found out, right? And they're like, we're doing an investigation. We don't know if his account got hacked. I mean, this is the bull. This is what I love because they try to put the, and they, you know, trust me, this is going to a question here, but like, we put these people who we feel. And, and I bring this up because you, 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 you have such a different attitude, but you put this person who's gone through some training and they wear a funny hat and they get a bulletproof car and they get a cruise around. And we're like, oh, this person lives up here and I'm down here, right? And I, oh, this person's on Instagram and they, they liked a, a beautiful being that, that God created. <clears throat> hmm, we better investigate, right? Like it just couldn't be that the Pope's a male and right. has testicles and looked at something and was like, I'm double clicking because that's just, that's what I like. Even though I'm not flying to Brazil and banging her, that's what I like. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna click on it. It's, Where yeah. do you think that's the other, I mean, and, and I keep bringing these, these things up because I'm wondering if they're hurdles, you know, there's this fight for attention. And this is the other thing that I find interesting about you, Regan, is that you're not in a fight for attention. You know, when I bring up, hey, what's it like having this job? and going to a dinner party and you're like, I make sure we talk about other things because I don't want to be rude or offensive. There's not a minister alive in any faith that I know of that if you don't get them going on a subject that they're going to stop the dinner party and go, enough talk about Jesus. <laughs> Pam, tell us about your time in the circus removing giraffe shit. The floor is yours. Yeah. Right? They're going to turn it into a two-hour, three-hour sermon. Maybe some people are having some wine, but they're, they're going to try to own it, right? They're going to try to treat it as a way to win souls, where it seems like your attitude is a treatment of, let's just keep educating ourselves and try to be a little smarter. Let's try to be a little nicer. Let's try to add a little more love, and let's try to add a little more knowledge. Let's see what we can figure out. And by figure out, I mean patience, love, kindness, and pursuits of, of, of intellect. It does, how often do you see that ego of religion or that ego of science rear its ugly head in impeding the doors you try to open? Yeah, um, well, so far, so good. Now, this isn't a call-in program, but I'm, when I get on some of those, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you're gonna be people where you're speaking to the choir and everybody, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. But there'll be some people that it'll it'll just, um, you know, it, it'll really hit some of their beliefs a little and they and they have to they have to punch back somehow to, because it's, it's a bit of a shock. 
uh, on the UFO thing, I just want to say the thing that really made me a believer, though, too, was if, if people go to YouTube and just look up the Disclosure Project. Now, the Disclosure Project was started around 2011, I think, or something. There's a whole bunch of videos on there, but these, these are people from the government that have gone before the National Press Club, shown their credentials, and said this is what they know about the UFO part. And they've had 450 people over the last 10 years that have done that in front, on camera, in front of the National Press Club. And when you listen to that, everyone has a little piece like a puzzle. And one guy has an air traffic controller and he'll talk about this, you know. Another person was uh, in the room where the pictures from the moon that came back and he, he, he was there when he saw them airbrushing some of the things they found on the moon off, you know. Uh, and then the there's what another guy. That, what do they find on the moon? Oh, you don't know? <laughs> I have these conversations so I can learn stuff. Yeah, well, um, again, you know, it could be fake videos or what, but if you just even go to YouTube and go structures on the moon, um, you can see what appears to be structures. But when you hear the story of how it happened and how they airbrushed some of the things and what happened to the guy that saw what he wasn't supposed to see, how he got manhandled a little bit. And, uh, and other people will come on there from the government and say, well, I only know this little part because this thing, they, everybody does a little part. And then there's another team that does another little part. So nobody knows the whole, the whole picture. But most of the people coming forward are people my age who are done with this crap. And they're saying, look, you know, what are they going to do, come and kill me now or something? I'm going to tell what happened. So when you listen to about an hour of that and you hear this and then this person, this person, this person, they're all credible people, work for the government, and then you hear their stories. Um, I think at the very least you have to say, well, maybe there are aliens. You know, I, you, I don't see how you could just say no. They're just, there's no way. How, how could you when you know, people say, well, I want evidence. Okay, well, here's your evidence. Here's people that were there telling you secondhand because they firsthand witnessed it. And, you know, when you get that many people that are credible saying. Also, too, I just recently, for some reason, maybe it's because um, uh, Dolores Cannon's books, uh, some of the people that she regressed, they found themselves uh, as on spaceships, you know, they in another lifetime. Uh, and... And okay, you always see, here's what I don't want to talk about because it's so crazy, but it's, it, hey, we're just throwing it out there in 10 years from now, this may be a common thing. But hey, I'll tell people, you what, guess what's crazy? If you would have said 40 years ago, this little oh. rectangle, right? This little rectangle, you're going to be able to talk to someone like we're talking across the world in seconds, no delays. Yeah. Like, but wait, I went to the drive through and there was a delay. It's like, no, 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 no this little rectangle, this is, this changes the game. You'd be called crazy. You'd be called a liar. Yeah. You'd be called a lot of things, right? And what do you get instead? We've got that little thing. So whether it's 10 years or 40 years or 60 years, I think it's quite inconsequential to the idea. You know, we, we, we get locked into things, which I find very sad. We get locked into what religion should be. We get locked into what, um, what a good person is, what a, what a, you know, a, a good person does X, Y, and Z only, right? And this is just what they do. And, you know, a, a religious person does X, Y, and Z only, and this is what they do. And I think there are some definite definitions of what good is, and there's a definition of what bad is. But I think, you know, trying to get, trying to evolve, right? Trying to bring in more good is the funny part. 
because in trying to bring in more good, you got the good going, no, 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 that's secretly bad. You know, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, it was yoga. My mom was like, if you're doing yoga, you're worshiping the devil. He's going to come right into your heart. He's going to put a house in there and uh, you're basically demon possessed. So yeah. go enjoy yoga. Right. And now you've got people that are like, no, it's stretching. It's moving your body in a different way. It's understanding yourself. And they're like, you can't understand yourself because then you're putting yourself above God. And it's like, no, no, no. I can understand myself so I can understand what God created so that in understanding what he's created, I can understand where my strengths are, where my weak, you know, there's, there's this evolution process. And I'm always bummed out by like, I'm going to get a ton. I will get heat from my Christian friends for this podcast because they're like, well, that wasn't, you know, you're, you're inviting this kind of negativity or you're inviting this horribleness or you're, you know, it's like politely. No, I'm not a, but B the, the reality is, is hearing how other people look at the world, talking to them about how they see the world, talking to them about how they solve problems or help other people solve problems. It might not be perfect for you. It might not be perfect, but there's nothing wrong in A, trying to solve problems, in B, trying to solve problems by encouraging people to learn more and have a little more love in their heart, right? And then C, by doing all of that with an open mind and an open heart that doesn't go to the idea of, let's say, well, this is bad, this is good. You know what? Here we go. Jesus Satan. This is just the, the, the line. Draw the line. Here we go. Pick the fight. You know, instead it's, hey, we've got cool technology. We've got great ideals. We have wonderful people around us. I want to know, because, you know, you've talked about past lives and going to heaven and talking to these councils and things. How frustrated when you go to heaven, how frustrated when looking down, it's like, hey, you guys, it's okay to disagree and still break bread. You know, how, mm -hmm. where in the, you know, in the person who asks the worst questions in the world, that's going to be my new tagline for the podcast, right? We talk, we drink, we movie, and I ask really long, shitty questions <laughs> that my guests have to decipher. But I, you know, when you're looking at that, when you're, when you're up there and they're looking down, what's the, what's the number one critique that you hear of the society we're in now? What's the number one what? Critique. What's the Sorry. thing where they're just where they're just annoyed? What's the thing that annoys me or that annoys other people? That annoys the the, the heavens. That annoys the council. That annoys the guy. Oh, oh. Is there a number well, one common theme? When when you're on the other side, um, they just understand that we're just human, and that you know, they, I I think they find. Um, they find it almost humorous in a way <laughs> when, when we come down the human body and how we could be this way, but there's there, they know it's just what it is. You know, that's how we're all learning. You know, we're, we're, I think we're probably, it's, it's good to be skeptical, but the, the opposite of being skeptical is to be so, so one-sided that you don't let any other thing in, you know, that's the worst you can be. What I would tell people is just be open-minded if you need to pray about it and ask God to just show you, is this, is this true or not? God will keep you safe. I mean, you know, um, 
you don't have to worry. I mean, now I'm not a, I mean, I grew up Christian, of course, and I know some about, been to tons of Bible studies and everything. And I believe there's something verse in the Bible that says, you know, Satan, get behind me or whatever. Yeah. And it's showing you that you have power over the devil. All you have to do is call out the name of the Lord, Satan behind me, and you're okay. So there, you have protection. Um, so um, I would just say, um, you know, just be open and start watching your dreams, start praying. Uh, you know, look how accepted meditation is now, where I remember growing up where meditation was was considered to be Eastern religion or Buddhist or something. And so Christians wouldn't go near it. But when scientists have shown, I, I went on um, line recently and uh, I think it was Stanford University, one of the universities found 120 beneficial things about meditation, you know, to the body, to the mind, to the, it's just a good thing. And when my people over there ask the council, they say, what can I do so that I can kind of stay connected you know, what can I do to stay connected to, um, to you up here? Because I know I'm going to go back in my body, but how do I, how do I kind of keep that connection? You know, what spiritual practices and, and pretty much all the time they say meditation is the way is the best way, because that's where you you're keeping your mind where it's in this state of being close to the other side, you know? So, you know, I tell people just meditate and pray, you know, um, here's a good book though, that'll help people learn about out-of-body experiences uh, if you're Christian and it's in the libraries or you can order it's a book that of writings of Saint Teresa of Avila. Saint Teresa of Avila was at the time of the Inquisition she was a nun and she wrote a lot of things that almost got her head cut off but luckily she had friends in high places and they they really uh, figuratively. <laughs> yeah she did and um, I gave that to my mother sometimes so, because when I told her about me having out-of-body experiences, she thought, well, that's kind of weird. And I said, no. I said, St. John of the Cross wrote about it. St. Teresa wrote it. Uh, but of course, see, growing up Catholic, you kind of, it's the mindset that um, only saints can have these experiences. Like, you know, there's all kinds of visitations by angels, Angel Gabriel and all that. And you think, well, that was just some special person. But you realize that we're all special. You know, every one of us is special, just like these people, you know, so why, if I'm, if I, if everybody's so special, that means everybody can have visitations from angels. Everybody can have these ecstatic experiences by leaving the body and being in heaven and everything. So when I read that in the Bible, I said, well, gosh, it's all through the Bible. There's things about out-of-body experiences, about visitations from angels and everything. So all we're doing is, is realizing that, um, you know, uh, we, we can all do that. All you have to have is an open heart a loving open heart and a wish to do it. Um, and yeah. No, I was, I was well, gonna, uh, real, real quick, you know, as, 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 as the, as the, 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 the movies ended, I, I wonder one, I uh, tell people again about your website, your book, where they can find you. And then uh, okay. two, you know, if someone wanted to work with you, you know, it's the world of COVID, obviously. And, uh, but, you know, how would they engage you? Would they reach out? Do they do an email, okay. a phone call? How do they do that? And then three, if let's say, because we have uh, listeners all, all, all around the world, right? I think our top seven countries are, let's see, it's uh, France, England, Russia, the Philippines, Indonesia, and Bulgaria, oddly enough. I don't know why. But I wonder how do, in a world that, whether it's 
the Christian faith or it's hypnotherapy or past lives or anything else. There are good people and there are hucksters and thieves. So yeah. what are the questions? How do you best position someone to go and find a person like you versus me with a fun neon sign? <laughs> saying, Let's go travel our past lives, champ. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you know? right. Okay, it's really easy. Um, I'm not sure all the countries that we're in, but I know that we have trained therapists in 30 at least. I think it's going up to 40 countries now. Um, so if, what people can do, uh, I'm in California and I go all over California. So if, and, and this is something that should be done in person. Um, I, I can do past life regressions on Zoom if they just want to do that. That's, uh, we can do a test to see what their talent for hypnosis is. Uh, and so that's pretty easy to do, but to do the life between lives thing, it's so personal and, um, I don't know, we just need to be there. So if it's not in California, you can go to the Newton Institute. I think it's newtoninstitute.org. Uh, if you just even go Newton Institute, there's, there's some, there's another company called Newton Institute, but you just scroll down and you'll see the Newton Institute life after or life between lives. And on there, they have a whole list of the therapists in all the countries. Okay. So anybody watching this that's in France, for instance, I know we have some over there. Um, you can go to there and then they'll tell you how to get a hold of that person in France to have the experience. Now, the therapists that the Newton Institute trained, it's very hard. The, the criteria they have to be trained by them is very stringent. So um, that's why there's only 250 of us. Now, next year, there'll be probably 270 because they train about 20 a year. So it's kind of slow going, but uh, they want to make sure that um, the therapists that work with you have uh, other therapy um, skills because, you know, sometimes you're in a past life or something, you might have uh, an ab reaction to something and they need to, be, they need to be there to guide you through all that, you know. Um, so go to the newtoninstitute.org uh, or is it .net? I should have it memorized. It's, it's, it's .org. I just, I just pulled it up. Oh, is, is it .org? It is .org, yep. It okay, newtoninstitute.org. Uh, yeah, it is the, uh, if you just type in the Newton Institute, folks, two things come up, and the one under the newtoninstitute.org, which is the proper website, has, is properly um, SEO tagged, where it goes, you know, life between lives hypnotherapy. So it has that, okay, okay. you know. Yeah, they can go there. So I'd be happy to help you in California. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Marin by San Francisco, but I go to LA, San Diego, Sacramento, you know, uh, Bakersfield, even, you know, uh, the different places. So I'd be happy to help them. Uh, if I'm too busy, then I can usually refer them to somebody else. I think there's three or four we have in California here. So mm -hmm. I can be happy to help them. Um, and also there's the books uh, on the on the Newton Institute site. There's uh, books that uh, Dr. Newton uh, wrote. And they, they sold millions. So you can usually get them used on Amazon. I do that, give them away sometimes for four or five bucks you can get uh one the first one he did in 1995 was called um journey of souls and then 10 years later he wrote destiny of souls and uh their case histories and, about how this happened and the case histories and that and it's it's people i've had some people read it cover to cover in one setting they had to stay up all night because it's just it just something in it they just go oh my god this they, something rings true inside um and even if you don't have a life life session happen, just reading these books and 
if you accept the fact that that we're not making all this stuff up and that these people have real experiences that in itself can help change your life because you're going to realize that you're going to start looking at your life and going yeah really thinking about what, what am i supposed to be doing here to help and it's usually something to help it could be maybe you only came into this life to bring to bring a, a child into the world that you were going to mentor i mean it could be something as simple as that um here's a cool thing there's one lady we had in hypnosis and we asked her what she came to this life for and she said to learn patience well yeah. we inquired further and we said well how long have you been working on that she says well you mean in earth years and i said yeah she says 500 years <laughs> i mean i instantly Perfect. gave a laugh i instantly gave a laugh because i learned something very valuable when at a young age you know uh going up in a christian home it's like you pray to god and ask god for for things and for help right and my mom would say you're not very patient you should ask god you know to help you with patience and i said no because to get patience, you have to be tested for patience, which means you get more struggles, which means harder things yes. happen. Right? right? I'm not praying for patience. All right. I'm praying for resolutions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tough. Like we, you have to ask, you got to watch what you wish for. But the other thing I would say to people too is no matter what your spiritual belief is, no matter, you know, how you look at God, you've probably chosen it for a reason. And if it seems to fit you, you don't have to even believe all this stuff we're saying. Just go about and be the best you can be at whatever spiritual path you pick. In other words, really, if you're a Christian, just really get in there and really dig into things. And and uh, because uh, it's, uh, you know, everything that Jesus says is just what I'm saying that everybody up there is saying. Jesus was uh, just, you know, reiterating what we're down here for. And that's to learn to be loved, to be kind, compassionate. So you know, do that. Oh, and also my book, uh, three hours, 33 minutes in heaven yep. is on, it's pretty much all over the internet. Uh, Amazon, if you go to my website, you can click on a link, it'll go to Amazon or just go to Amazon and write in three hours, 33 minutes in heaven. And if you go to my website, and you want a free copy of uh, reincarnation is real. It's an ebook. Uh, it goes to me and then I, and I click a thing and you get a PDF file of the, uh, of the book. And it's really fun. It's pretty easy. As you're reading it, you can click and it'll go to different videos on YouTube uh, where they have, you know, more to learn in that. And it's just like an introductory to people that are kind of wondering about this, gives you some food for thought. And sure. even if you don't believe in past lives, I don't think God cares. You, you either do or you don't. The main thing is, is that you're, you're here for a reason and you want to wake up every day and try to go on the plus side instead of the negative side of things. And you do that, you're going to be okay you know, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, and I'm looking at your website right now. Um, you know, I love the, uh, it's, you, you've got a, you've got one, you've got a beautiful site. It's, it's visittheafterlife.com folks. So yeah. visittheafterlife.com or you just type in Regan, R-E-G-A-N, Forston, F-O-R-S-T-O-N plus hypnotherapy. His website comes right up. Uh, so, you know, we've got um, you know, you've got a lot of good stuff on there. Let's yeah. uh, let's close with this. So, you do this a lot. You talk to a lot of people. You um, you get to travel around California. You get to help people. What um, if you could pick? Oh, if if you could pick, what do you want your what do you want your next life to be? The next life. Yeah, like if I could pick. Yeah, if you can pick and you get to come back. Uh, wow, I've thought about that a lot, I yeah. know, because of what I do. And 
you know, I think, okay, I could wish for, you know, because it's, part of me wants to wish I could live to be 200 years old because I want to see, <laughs> I want to be here when they find Bigfoot, <laughs> you know, which may be in this lifetime. I want to be here, you know, when the, when people realize that we're not alone, that the universe is teeming with life and just, just as many stars as are in the sky, there's as many universes and that, that God is so much bigger and everything. Of course, then part of me thinks I'll come back and, <laughs> and it'll be after the apocalypse and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, walking around with, with uh, the, the earth destroyed, you know, but I, I'm going to, I think when I get to the other side, I'll, uh, I'll look at my choices because there used to be that thing that says, okay, when you evolve far enough, you can choose not to come back again. And we found out that's kind of true on the other side because you are your boss over there. You, you, you pick if you want to go slow or fast or what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's over there, there's all kinds of jobs that we could, in a, if we ever did this again, we can talk about what we found out about the different jobs and things that other people do in heaven. You know, what do people do in heaven? They just sit around and play harps all day. No, they're, they're usually busy working, helping other people or helping everybody evolve. Um, but um, I don't know, I, I would like to, uh, I would like to come back um, <laughs> maybe as a wolf. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just figured that somebody over there will help me. And there are, there are like I can ask for some, I can look at some choices. Um, matter of fact, if we did this again next time, we'll go through the eight different stations we found out. Oh, I talked about two today. Regan, let's do this again. Yeah. Sure, please. This is really fascinating to me. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you look, you know, I mean, hypnotherapy, what? It helps you across the board in phobias, anxiety, grief, you know, addictions, depression, there's all these things. And then you add in the spiritual element to it. And then you add in on top of that, the ability to, to um, really leverage uh, the power of your mind when you, when you open it up, right? And when, when, you, when you go and engage with people, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I'd love to talk more about this, obviously, and, and more about um, some of the things that, that, that you do, as well as just, you know, where these principles uh, can really come into play, especially in, in, in a time like today, you know, and yeah. what I mean by today is just in this world we're living, you know, there's, we are the most closed minded society I've seen in a long time that has access to more information than ever before. And it, it, I, it boggles my brain, right? It's yeah. like, you know, we, we've decided, yeah, we need more information. We've also decided just to turn that off. Or if we don't like it, we just turn around and walk the other way. And, or we shut people down that we don't like versus embracing them versus, you know, bring them under our wing or anything else. And it's, uh, and those aspects are, are, are tough and they're, they're, they can be hard to, uh, to, to deal with, especially when we have so much honesty, so much, so much stuff going on, so much positive potential going on. Yeah. You know, so I, I think people need to hear more about this, you know, especially when, when the base is just what it is from you, which is, you know, hey, man, do research, look for yourself, go hunt this down, have an yeah. open attitude, have love in your heart, you know, just, you know, be, be that search for the light, if you know, for, for um, lack of a better term. Yeah, there's a there's a quote from Einstein that I always think about, and it said, condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance or hypocrisy. So people, you know, if this seems, if this seems um, crazy, all this thing we're doing, I mean, I'm, I'm just one of thousands of people that are, you know, finding more out about, you know, who God is and 
what, what this is all about. So there's plenty of like with past lives, you can go on the internet. And there's there's some hopes, a few hokey things on there, but there's a lot of really good stuff too. So just discern, you know, like in the Bible, when God says about there being false prophets that are going to be here, he said, well, there's going to be a lot of false prophets coming at the end times, uh, but you'll know them by the fruit that they bear, by the, the fruit that their treats bear. So he's not saying that everybody's a false prophet. He's saying, yeah, there's going to be some, some bad prophets, uh, but there'll be some good ones too. And you'll know them by, by the, the, the fruit if they're coming from love. In other words, if you could, for people that are Christian, if you can take what you learned today and fit that over the Bible and it fits, you know, which today I think everything we've done, it's just all been about love, about forgiveness, about understanding, about learning, about how to be a better person. Uh, you know, then it's a good thing. If, if, if anything's negative or telling you to do anything which you know is on the, on the, the bad side of things, then that's not a good thing, you know? So yeah. anyway, investigate. I like it. I like it. One last time. Visit theafterlife.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the opt-in copy never duplicated. The man of books, the man of insight, Regan Forrest, and we are going to do this again. Obviously, we have to, please. Yeah, Jason. More importantly, thank you for the time. I, I say this, I've been closing with, with, with a couple of things a lot lately. One is I always challenge people, wake up for a week every day, look in the mirror when you're by yourself before you do anything else. <laughs> And just say I love you to yourself, so that you know it's it's a it can be a weird thing for some people to do, but let me tell you, it, it changes lives. I know it. I've talked to friends who do it, and they're just like, yeah, I just feel better. Like I love me, and that's weird. And yeah. then two, you know, um, and you know this better than I. You know, you can go to the store and buy some bread, and it'll get moldy, and you throw it away. You go buy more bread. It's pretty cool. But two hours and fifteen minutes is time that. There's no store you can go back and buy more time. When it's gone, it's gone. And it always humbles me and it always blows me away that from an email to a quick conversation before the, we hit record to this, that people are willing to spend an hour and a half, two hours, two hours and 15 minutes with me talking uh, and sharing their stories and their insights. Uh, it, it, it is never lost on me that, um, this time you could have been doing something else and and you chose uh to spend it talking with me and you know hearing my ridiculous long questions and uh and, and my thoughts and everything else and uh for that i'm i'm forever indebted and appreciative so thank you very much thank you jason yeah i was good i i could talk it's just funny when i i could be i don't know dead to the world almost and then anytime you start talking about god things i just you know, now I, you won't see me. I'll just pass out when I go leave. Yeah. Up. You know. <laughs> and it'll be done. Like God energy or something, you know. I love it. I love so it. Well, I will. Um, I'll shoot you this. Uh, the links as soon as this uh, goes live. And then I follow up okay. the next day with the countries that are listening, the top cities that are listening, and then the random cities that are listening. So you'll kind of get a little breakdown of, of where people are, are, yeah. are hearing this and have some fun with it. But thank you again. Have a wonderful week and weekend ahead. Um, safety uh joy and uh and happiness of course to, to to you and yours especially during these stressful times but um you know just just in general you know i, I always want to wish people the best and thank you again okay. for what you do You're your time. Are, we, are, are we off the air now no we're gonna go off right now i'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna stop record and then uh and then uh i edit in the very famous ending which is my daughter singing about the first time she took a poop by herself which everyone likes so there we go i'm gonna hit stop now and then you can tell me something. Hold on one second. All right, folks. Okay.
Love and peace. Bye-bye.